This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The fundraiser for Daniel Penny, the man who was arrested on manslaughter charges for trying to stop a violent individual on a subway train. It's cracked over $2 million, currently around $2.3 million, with several prominent individuals donating large sums to make sure that this man does not go to jail and that we win this fight on the right to defend ourselves. And uh, as many many of you know, I was a bit critical on the idea last week. Well, I've come around and I'll elaborate further in the actual segment we get to, but I personally have contributed $20,000 of my personal funds to Daniel Penny's defense. Because I had a change of heart due to several arguments that I heard and just generally sleeping on it, thinking about it, and then um, assessing the situation and what it means to actually win this. The simple version, before we get into everything, is just that if we win this, it's another major culture war victory with an opportunity to win. And Daniel Penny doesn't deserve to spend even a minute behind bars. So I think... It's worth it's worth fighting for. But I'll talk more about my uh, my thoughts on the issue in the segment because we've got a lot more news. Miller Lite is now facing a potential boycott because they produced some feminist ad where they said they're going to take old sexist beer commercial ads from magazines and whatever, grind it into compost, grow hops from it and then use it to make beer, which is extremely disgusting. I don't the ads or whatever, but I don't want to eat garbage from old magazines in my beer, but whatever. And uh, Bud Light is actually now, it appears, giving away their beer for free. I got to ex- I got to break down the details as to why, but they're offering a $20 rebate on $20 beer, meaning they're basically losing money to try and just move product that won't leave the shelves because we're winning. And that, that all contributes to my thought process on the whole Daniel Penny thing and why I think it's important just to keep plowing forward when we have the organizational power. So we'll talk about that, plus a whole bunch of other information. Politically, it turns out that the letter about Hunter Biden's laptop, oh, it's overtly political, and they admit it, and we know it. There's a lot of news there to break down. So we'll get into all that. Plus, with the Miller Lite story and their feminist ad, it looks like the people involved are starting to scrub leftist talking points. They may be scared that they will, too, face a boycott. Before we get started, my friends, if you'd like to support the show, go to castbrew.com and pick up Cast Brew Coffee. Notably, you're going to want to grab our Colombian or French roast. You know why? Well, sad to say, but Rise with Roberto Jr. and Appalachian Nights have sold out. We did not see that one coming. We thought that uh, we ordered enough to be able to keep up with demand and then keep the orders rolling, but the schedule for the production of the coffee and everything was uh, uh, y'all were buying it faster than we thought, which is good news. It just means that we got to take time to make more fresh coffee just for you. But Colombian and French roast are available and the K-Cups are currently in development and should be ready, hopefully within the next month and a half or so. So go to castbrew.com, support our coffee brand. We are sponsoring ourselves because we don't want to get canceled and we want to build a parallel economy. Also, don't forget to go to TimCast.com, click join us to become a member so you can hang out in our members only uncensored show at about 10, 10 p.m. We do that Monday through Thursday, Eastern, uh, uh, Monday through Thursday, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you can join our Discord server and hang out with like-minded individuals, submit questions, 
and get a chance to call into the show and talk to us live. So please go to TimCast.com, become a member, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show. Joining us tonight to talk about this and so much more is Joel Valdez. Thank you so much for having me, Tim. I'm usually behind the scenes, so this is a uh, a new format for me. So thank you so much for uh, bringing me to the table. I am Joel Valdez, if you uh, don't know me. I'm the communications director for Congressman Matt Gates, and I'm also the press secretary for the newly founded Washington, D.C. Young Republicans. Uh, so really, all in all, I'm an America first political operative uh, serving the American people, and I'm fighting to try to bring Donald Trump back into the White House. Cool. Right on. Thanks for you hanging out. follow me on Twitter at Real Joel Valdez. There you go. Very important. All right. We also got Phil Abonte hanging out. Hello, everybody. I am Phil Abonte, lead singer of All That Remains, anti-communist and counter-revolutionary. And I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. Wow, you guys, we're speeding through it. We're What's ready. up, everybody? Uh, filling in for Surge, it's Kellen. He drank a Bud Light over the weekend, so he's sick. Today. <laughs> um, but let's get it started. Boo. Let's jump to this first story from TimCast.com. Online legal fund in support of Daniel Penny reaches $2 million. The law firm managing the fundraiser said any funds left over will be donated to a mental health advocacy program in New York City. Personally, I think it should go to Daniel Penny so he can buy himself a nice car. But the story is by Hannah, Hannah Claire Brimelow, who's sitting right here. So what happened? Oh, hey. So uh, I actually feel like we should throw you into this. But as we all know, uh, Daniel Penny surrendered to New York uh, law enforcement on Friday. He was released on $100,000 bond. And his law firm set up this Give, Give Send Go, which has surpassed $2 million, I think, on Saturday or Sunday night. It was $1 million. It just keeps ramping up. Since I wrote this story, it was at like $2,080,000 2, when I wrote this. And it's oh, 2.3 now. So he has generated a, a lot of support from people, uh, some notable figures, including uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. He gave uh, $10,000. Kid Rock, who said that he does not like Alvin Bragg, gave 5000 And our, uh, our very own Tim Poole gave $20,000. So. Yeah. I felt bad. I also messaged him and asked for a comment, and he said, nah. So I guess he Did said- Did I say nah? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> we a really professional relationship. I didn't, I didn't, I woke up this morning and I was reading more news about Daniel Penny, and I was looking at these pictures, and I was saying all last week, like, this guy should not go to jail. This is a good person who was doing the right thing. And I had, like, Nuance Bro tweeted at me. He was like, bro, you went to New York and D.C. and Austin recently, and you're telling people not to go to cities. And I was like, yes, I've talked all about this. And I started thinking about it. And I started, uh, someone made the argument that they, they can't leave the city because they were divorced. And if they leave, it means abandoning their kids to what's going on. And if they stay, they can be there for their kids. And I was like, that's a really good point, actually. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can just leave. And it's not because of difficulty. It's because of legal restrictions. And so I thought about that. I'm like, if somebody gets a divorce, their kids are stuck in the city. Leaving would be the worst possible thing they could do. And that means staying in the fire is basically someone huddling over their children to protect them from the flames. I can respect that. So I need to rethink this. And then I thought about a few other things. For one, I do feel bad being the only person not stepping up to help a guy who did the right thing. And that was like the most obvious thing. So then I'm like, I should, I should probably just donate to this guy. Like, it's not about anything outside of anything else. Let's just keep it to the one individual dude who did the right thing and probably needs our help, Yeah. simply put. But then I, then I thought when I was looking at it and I, I was like, you know, I saw Vivek gave 10 grand. I saw some anonymous donors gave a bunch of money. And I was like, if I had just donated last week, I probably could have justified. I'll throw a guy a couple grand. But now considering I spent the past week being like, nah, I'm not a guy. Well, you know, I'm bugging. I'm not. I better. I better make it something big. I was thinking about, you know, what 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 I could give. So I, I said $20,000. Um, and I kind of thought that there are many more people who could do more than that. 
And I often complain about how rich people aren't doing enough to win the culture war. Name names, too. <laughs> about who should be giving more money. Yeah, why not? Phil's got some ideas about who could be giving Paging more money. Mr. Boring. This is Jeremy Boring. <laughs> Tim I Poole mean, has, look, has raised the challenge. And No, you know, I didn't say anything about the Daily we have We have <laughs> so many of your candy bars here, and we've been promoting. Mr. Boring, please help this young man. <laughs> you are a wealthy individual. Like that's that's all Phil. That is Phil Abundi. But But I did say this morning, I challenge anybody who can to give more than I did because I know they can. And there's a few other things to consider. It's not first and foremost. I'm like, this guy shouldn't go to prison. It's, it's unfortunate Jordan Neely lost his life. I'm sad about this. I know the guy had criminal convictions. I know he'd been arrested and he's been accused of really bad things. But I, I, I also... You know, I, I don't I don't want people to lose their lives, especially if they're homeless, hungry and they're unwell. The, the left has taken the stance that Jordan Neely was unwell. Therefore, he didn't deserve to die. And I'm kind of like, I don't care if you're well or unwell, if you attack people, threaten people. And he did. Witnesses said he was issuing death threats. Yeah. And, and you don't deserve to die, but someone's got to stop you from hurting people. So ultimately, what I'll say is this. It's not just about Daniel Petty, but first and foremost, it is. But after that, it's about winning in the cities. I thought about. If we don't win the right to self-defense in the cities, it comes to our doorstep next. So let's keep it over there. The next thing I thought was, if we do win, much like Anheuser-Busch, it negates the effort from the left in their pressure campaign. With the left going out rioting and smashing things up and fighting with cops, let's send a message that their protests mean nothing, and this man will not face a minute behind bars because we will win. Yeah. People... Yeah, well, I, I'm just just to pop in here. I think the fundraiser is pretty indicative of how the rest of the country feels. He his fundraiser is over two million dollars, and I think Jordan Neely's uh, I don't know whatever contribution setup that he did, but I think it only raised about a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. So very glad that it that um, Daniel Penny's has gone over two million. It's it's showing where the pulse of the country is right now. Yeah, I mean, one of the comments that I saw on it when I wrote the story this morning was someone saying, "I live in New York. I'm a Democrat. I don't. I'm not a Christian." But I had some very terrifying interactions with Jordan Neely and Daniel Penny does not deserve this. I mean, I think it's interesting that specifically Jordan Neely, while it's sad that he is deceased and obviously we don't want anyone to experience violence like this, uh, he has an established criminal history. The fact that people were aware of who this was, that he has, you know, he punched some 60-year-old grandmother. She broke her skull because of it. Uh, this isn't just like a random attack from you know some marine veteran who's just yeah. decided no, and, to be and this aggressive. strikes a chord with a lot of people mm -hmm. i mean this this is a scenario in which anybody could be in that scenario it happens every single day that there's a psychopath on the train yeah. and you often wonder what am i going to do if i have a loved one or if i have a girlfriend next to me you know am i going to be prosecuted like daniel penny i mean but that's exactly what they want they this is an attack on self-defense mm -hmm. and so they want you to be able to submit to these random psychopaths that should be in asylums Jordan Neely's GoFundMe has $134,273 raised. So I, I think... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This fundraiser is fine. They want to raise money for his funeral costs. I think it's sad the dude died. I don't want anybody to die. This wasn't the case of some political extremist who was seeking to harm people like going to a school and murdering children or anything like that. It was a guy who was just generally unwell 
and was de- was rejected, like was dejected, rejected, and uh, and it's part of social decay. I blame the Democrats for a lot of what's happening. These NIMBY policies that have been going on for a long time that I've personally experienced yeah. when I work for nonprofits. But that's not for the individual him, nor for Daniel Penny. This dude didn't. This dude shouldn't have died. But I gotta, I gotta stop and just say, whatever the reason, be you well or unwell, when you go into a confined space and start threatening people, saying you'll take their lives. If three people are threatened by you that to the point where they think they must subdue you, I mean, that's it. Like you, you aggressed, you started this. That being said, if people want to raise money for this, for this man's family and everything, I think that's mighty fine. I think it's sad that, you know, there's going to be costs associated with his loss of life. And I wish this, this kind of stuff didn't happen. How do we solve that problem? It's not solved by locking up Daniel Penny, who was a victim in the matter, trying to save other people. It's definitely not. Um, and the broader political motivations um, really are just very gross because most people, if they're honest with themselves, when they really think about it, if they were in that situation, if they were in that train car, they would feel much better about him being restrained than him running around and, and intimidating everyone on the on the train and 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 to say any differently is so dishonest i've seen some people on the left from some of the leftist shows listening to the ridiculous things that they say about this situation is it's really stomach turning it is it's it's well we had uh we had lance from the surfs on this show and he kept playing this manipulative game was it proportional did did uh does Jordan Neely's erratic behavior warrant being choked to death? And yeah. it's like, but Daniel Penny wasn't trying to choke him to death. Daniel Penny actually tried to save his life. One of the m- on video, you can see Penny and others try to save Jordan Neely after yeah. subduing him. One of the things that I heard that really set me off and, and offended my sensibilities the most, um, someone was saying that it was bourgeois to think that they should be able to take the train without having to experience that kind of intimidation. They, it was characterized as discomfort because it was a an extremely leftist leaning person. But it's it to think not only is it gross to think oh it's bourgeois to mm-hmm. think that you should be secure in your person. Right. The very the fun, most fundamental property you have is your own body. And it's bourgeois to think that you should be secure in your person, first of all. And second of all, this is the type of transportation that people on the left are constantly saying that we need more of. Mm-hmm. They don't I mean, want. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say. I think we've probably all been on the subway in New York or in some major city, and like, yes, there are occasionally people who are homeless, who are not well, who are talking themselves, whatever. But the fact that multiple people called nine one one is unusual. Like, if the New Yorkers are so calm and chill about this whole thing, this must have really rattled them. If they see this every day, and you're not supposed to be offended by it, the fact that there were multiple calls to nine one one before there was a confrontation is indicative of a situation that is abnormal even for people who are like hey i'm not even gonna look at you we're gonna pretend you're not here i'm just gonna get on the train and go and and this is gonna tim had mentioned something else that this is gonna tie into but it's this this idea on the left or actually this perspective on the left that is so detached from reality and you see it in multiple arenas right right now we're talking about you know defense of your own life and defense of your own, you know, yourself to think that you don't have that right to think that the state should step in and 
put you in jail because you had the audacity to try to defend yourself and other people is t- it's a terrible, terrible attack on on individual rights. And I think that the more we can do to shut it down, the better. Where were the social workers? Yeah, I want to know. I mean, why exactly. weren't they, they? Why weren't they there sooner? To, to your it's, point, why aren't people interceding? <laughs> if you're supposed to be used to this uh, every day, isn't that sad that we would live in a community where you're watching someone suffer a mental illness? Because that's what we've all agree on. Jordan Neely was extremely troubled, mentally ill. Uh, and your reality is that you think that we should just ignore it, that we should just pretend it's it's normal. So there was a, a I want to jump to this next story. But the first thing I want to do as we're uh, leaning into it is point out that in San Francisco on the BART train system, somebody was uh, uh, making threats and wielding a cleaver, threatening people and then slash someone. I don't hear a peep from AOC or any of these Democrats, which brings us to this story from the Daily Mail. San Francisco DA releases graphic footage of Walgreens security guard shooting dead transgender shoplifter and says she won't charge him because he was in mortal danger. Let me just tell you, I'm not going to show the video. I don't like showing that stuff. The security guard walks calmly up to the to the shoplifter who's backing away with their hands up and then just pulls out his gun and shoots the person. There's something really interesting about the political dynamics of how they handle this. The security guard was black. The, trans, the shoplifter was black and the DA is like, nah, we're not going to do any charges. I don't know if race played a role because the, the shoplifter was trans. So you, I don't know how the hierarchy of oppression matters here, but apparently not enough to warrant criminal charges after shooting this person. But Daniel Penny, who was protecting himself and others and not the two other people who assisted in, the, in, in subduing Daniel Penny. Only, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Jordan Neely. Three people subdued Jordan Neely. Only Penny is being criminally charged in this story from from San Francisco. No charges. I wonder if we will hear anything from Ocasio-Cortez or any other Democrat about this. Well, Curtis Sliwa of New York, he, he ran for uh, governor of New York, I believe, or, or mayor of New York. Uh, he made a great point on Hannity recently where the, the Penny uh, case is it has all the characteristics of a combustible story for the media. It is a white on black self-defense case. And of course, this case is not going to meet any of that criteria that the media can eat up or, or you know, weaponize to their advantage. So, of course, this, this story is going to go. It. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be go right under right under the covers. I mean, and in- when I think it was an Asian woman who was murdered when the, in New York, when the homeless black man shoved her in front of an oh. oncoming train, mm-hmm. I believe she was Asian. Media didn't didn't care. AOC didn't care. No Democrat outrage. 25th attempted murder uh, or attempted murder and the second actual murder of shoving someone in front of a train. And they don't say a single word. 25th. What do you, what do you mean? 25 times in 2022 in, in one year, people were shoved in front of oncoming trains. Two of them died. In New York? In New York. Alone? Alone. <laughs> I've not heard of this. Yeah. 25 people have died by being no, shot. No, 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 no. Attem- people Attem- were pushed Attem- two, the two of the 25 died. Two of the 25. But so that's when, still a lot you, of when you live in New York and you hear the stories, they're like, these crazy people are tr- will try to murder you. And then you're on a train sealed in and the guy outright issues death threats, which he did, according to witnesses. You're thinking... We we better subdue this guy. And then Penny and two other men said his behavior was so alarming, he must be subdued. And then after they did, they put him in the recovery position to save his life. And Neely was still moving around. And then when they brought him to the hospital, he ended up dying. What are you supposed to do if you live in New York? You keep hearing these stories about these murders or attempted murders. Just just be like, better not make eye contact with this crazy person lest he try to kill me. 
That's New York City. I think that's the, I mean, that's kind of the general kind of operating system that people go on in New York, right? You don't look at the homeless people and you just don't look them in the eye. Hope that they don't notice you and just kind of head you, down, look in your phone and you make they it. decide not to look, follow you. I, I tell you, man, working for these nonprofits, the number one thing everybody knows when you see one of those guys on the street with the clipboard, no eye contact. The moment you make eye contact, they got you. You're walking down the street, you see that Greenpeace guy, if you look him in the eyes, they're going to walk right up to you and you're like, ah, crap. Now, imagine that guy with the, the clipboard was actually a crazy person with a cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> and then imagine what your life is going to be like. But ultimately, it comes down to this. Genuine question for everybody listening live or whatever, put a comment in. And I think everybody knows the answer. Everyone's got a strong answer. Why Democrats don't address the, the crime as bad as it is and only in instances like Daniel Penny? Because society has already victimized the person that is committing the crime. Yeah, that uh, the Michael Jackson in, uh, impersonator, he was homeless. He was had mental illness. He was a he had been victimized by society multiple times. Society didn't provide him the health care he needed. Society didn't provide him the housing that he needed. Society didn't provide him with food with the with the things that he needs to sustain himself. So society has victimized this man already. When he is acting out, it is immoral to allow a person that has an able is able bodied, does not have any kind of uh, mental illness to put their hands on him and then kill him. That is absolutely atrocious from the perspective of the left. That is the exact logic that they use it is unacceptable that that man is victimized over and over and over he's victimized by society he's victimized by his mental health condition and then to top it all off he is murdered by a privileged man <laughs> that's exact that is the exact thought process that's exactly why they don't want him to be set free it is Absolutely disgusting, I, but that's what the lot. That's how the logic goes. You think they I, want Daniel Penny to pay the price for everything Jordan Neely went through? Well, it to some degree, but the, it's it's not that they want him to pay the price for all the stuff that Jordan went through. It's just that Jordan had suffered enough. So by defending by defending everyone's on the on the train and ending his life is adding only more victimization to him. It wasn't a good thing that Daniel tried to protect people, it was a bad thing mm -hmm. because it ended with his with, with Jordan's death. That's the logic of the, le of the left. And, and it may not make sense to you, but you, they're not liberals. And so I, they don't have the same philosophy that liberals do. And I agree, except for when it comes to like AOC. I think she's just sitting there and she's like, she wakes up, looks through her phone, and then she goes, what's popular today? And then her boyfriend's like, oh, there was like a homeless guy who tried to kill some people and then he died. She's like, and and we're supporting him, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's because right. she's a, a communist apparatchik. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> she's just like, whatever gets me followers. Yeah. And then people suffer because of it. Yeah, I that, think she's evil, maliciously. I, I do think, I think she is too, because of the fact that they hide the fact that they're communists. Her comms director or, or whatever just recently oh, yeah, came DSA. out and, and joined the DSA or whatever. The DSA is openly Marxist. We have actual communists in our government now. 
And people think that I'm crazy for saying that there's communists. Like, and you, you know, just have to listen to them. Do you think Democrats avoid talking about crime in cities because they don't want to deter people from going there? Do you think this is the last thing that we'll be able to, uh, they can hold on to? Like, I, th- I think they're trying to make people forget about defunding the police. Uh. <laughs> I mean, the summer of love, the summer, the 2020 summer of love, that was, that was inspired by the Democrat rhetoric. Do you feel like we're going into another one with this? I mean, I think they're trying the to protest- incite it at every turn. The protests in New York were pretty serious. I mean, they stopped yeah. trains. They walked across the bridge. They, I mean, they were disruptive to transportation in a major city. I think it's the goal of the Democrats for at every turn when a situation like this that they can weaponize comes up, they want people to go and riot. I hope this, this situation with Penny can open the door to some major statewide precedent or maybe even federal, which I doubt federal, but maybe statewide about self-defense. Maybe this fight can turn into something, some, uh, something more than just one guy being found not guilty or whatever maybe they'll actually say like here are the parameters by which you are able to defend yourself and charges cannot be brought because there's no grand jury indictment against daniel penny the da just said oh they're protesting arrest him mm-hmm. yeah we can't stand for that so no. so hopefully we get more out of this right initially they brought him in talked to him released him and then they're like just kidding we're gonna charge you so he turned himself in there needs to be pressure put on district attorneys that would behave in this way most people that that vote for da's and stuff like that if you're most of the time they're they're activists and they are actively seeking left-leaning policies and these left-leaning policies things like you know uh getting uh, allowing violent offenders to get bail or no cash bail and stuff they have consequences in the real world now this poor guy that the homeless guy like he had a, he had the deck stacked against him i don't want to come off like i'm i'm ignoring that fact because the guy did had you know everything going wrong for the poor guy but like you can't allow violent offenders to just be on the street mm-hmm. and the, this guy like he, jordan had committed crimes he was a violent offender he had yeah and intended. he was offered a treatment program and yes he left the treatment program and instead the, of instead of being incarcerated he was offered essentially rehab too many people on the left think that the lack of housing is why we have homeless people and that is not the case mm-hmm. homeless people choose to do things that makes them remain homeless some of them actually choose to be homeless but some of them are on on drugs and if you're on drugs and you can't pay your rent that's and you don't quit the drugs. That's choosing. They have a priority, yeah. yeah, that's choosing to be homeless because you're choosing to do drugs. This is another reason why George Soros has been targeting these DA races across the country because a lot of the times, I, I think people want the Congress to, you know, I, I I see the frustration when they're saying why aren't people being prosecuted or why why aren't there charges being brought against these folks when there are so many congressional investigations. But the Congress can only do so much. They're not another. They're not the uh, law enforcement wing mm-hmm. uh, of a, of the body of government. And so if you attack the DAs, you can win a lot of the culture war issues. If uh, if a case like Jordan Neely's comes across your desk. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a a more serious effort to challenge or recall Bragg somehow because he is just. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
really making everyone mad here, except for some people, I guess, who, who think he's doing a great job. We got a super chat. We normally save these for the end, but it's too good. It must be in the segment. James Wallace says they have to blame Penny because if it's not his fault, then it's theirs. It's true. That's a really, really good point. If Penny isn't the bad guy, then how did something like this happen? If Penny is the victim, then the problem is their failed policies releasing dangerous unwell individuals onto the streets. Right. And Jordan Neely had been in foster care as a kid. I mean, they had many times, many chances to intervene. If the state is the answer, they actually had a lot of contact with this person and they were never able to help him effectively is what is what this would mean. Right. Um, And I think there is some sort of inability to admit that. Right. Because if if they have had contact with someone since they were a, a at least as far as I know, a young teenager all the way to now and they could not help this person in fact this person in, continued to commit violent acts against other citizens in jurisdictions that had their the policies that they prefer it's not like new york has a hard time mm-hmm. taxing or <laughs> finding a tax base uh or coming up with people that will vote for policies that provide for the homeless and provide for the people that need mental i want i want to throw it to uh, uh our good friend dave Chappelle. Daily Mail says, what the F happened to this place? Dave Chappelle slams San Francisco as half glee, half zombie movie as surprise gig as he recalls homeless person defecating outside Indian restaurant he was about to eat in. Dave Chappelle's a normal guy. He's not conservative. He's not he's not right. He's not left. He's he was very critical of Candace Owens. But when you get someone like Dave Chappelle looking around and then saying to everybody, what the F happened to this place? And they all laugh because they feel the same way. Yep. I feel like we're winning. I I mean, I, well, actually, I feel like we're losing. <laughs> I hope he added but, his encounter. But to people the, are waking up to it. I hope he enco- added that encounter to the poop map in San Francisco. It's like part of the red <laughs> yeah. red dot. <laughs> I, I I retweeted something that CNN had had uh, posted about the multitude of businesses that had left. Uh, left San Francisco. And I said, it's because of crime. And I got pushback from some of my friends and they're like, how do you know? And da, da, da. It's like, look, all of the things that you can come up with that reasons why retailers are having problems and stuff, they're all real, right? But at the end of the day, if you have to buy cases for literally everything in your store and so you can lock it up and you still get people coming in there and, and stealing things, that means you have to worry about liability for your people that are working there. Mm-hmm. The It is, it is, Absolutely, I can't imagine how someone would say that it's not the crime being the deciding factor. Businesses absorb all sorts of costs all the time. Mm -hmm. Taxes, and in in San Francisco, it's not like it's cheap to do business in San Francisco. The overhead has got to be a nightmare. But at the end of the day, if you can't put people in the store without worrying about an interaction with criminals... You know, without actually worrying about people getting injured, then you're not going to have p- businesses doing business in that location. That's all there is to it. And it's I mean, ridiculous. Outside to of try a restaurant, argue. too. Yeah, it's ridiculous <laughs> to try to argue anything else. Do, do you feel like you'd ever go back to city? I know you're in D.C., but you grew up in Chicago, right? Yes, I grew up in the south side of Chicago, so I'm pretty familiar with terrible places across the country. <laughs> um, the, the people in Chicago. Yeah, normally I'm saying it. <laughs> Well, Amy, it's true. It's yeah, true. It's not a fun place to be. I don't like being uh, outside at night for too long. Well, but like, it's the interesting <laughs> thing about it is when you grow up with it, you feel like it's normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I interviewed a couple that were from South Africa and they said, it's not as bad as people think. We've only been carjacked, I think, five times. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> wow. 
Like, but you, you're, it's normal to you, yeah. as bad as it is. You can only get murdered once. <laughs> That's it. So, but, but attempted murder can happen a lot. <laughs> That's how scary it is in Chicago. I just oh, feel yeah. like all these stories are reasons why people will rethink cities. I mean, if you have like a young teenager, right, and they want to go to college, and they're like, I want to go to school in New York or San Francisco. If you're a parent, are you letting them? Go? I mean, you can't make decisions for them. They're adults. But like, no, yeah, I think would you be, be okay with that? Absolutely not. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine. Trying to start any kind of family in these cities is, is terrible. I, I take the Jack Posobiec advice and, and get out. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been saying for a long time. I, I do feel like when it comes to the Penny case, one of the things that, that got me to come around was, let's keep the fight in the city so it's not out here. Because we are starting to see some of this pop up in the more rural areas. You know, I'm in eastern panhandle of West Virginia, and you've got people from D.C. who go there to escape what they've created. But then they bring those policies with them because they're not smart enough to realize they created them. They're like, let's bring all those policies here. And so it's kind of like, can we can we keep the focus in the cities and then, you know what, maybe even win some precedent at the larger level? Mm. Also, I think defend uh, protecting self-defense is, is imperative. This 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 case with Penny isn't just about him personally. First and foremost, it is after after that. It's we have to absolutely make sure that any issue of self-defense we win. Yeah. If you want to if you have any desire to protect your Second Amendment rights. You absolutely must protect your right to defend your own life with your hands. Like if you have any hope of saving your your right to own a firearm to defend yourself, you have to make sure that your personal safety is your own property and you are allowed to defend it. If if you if we if you lose that, then you lose basically any rights to property at all. I mean, they'll take your, you know taking everything from you if they want to. The, the question I have with this story with Dave Chappelle is, I, I, I said, it, it feels like we're winning. I said, well, actually, it feels like we're losing, but at least people are waking up to it. The first step in changing the stuff is regular people saying, okay, hey, wait, something bad is going on here. The question then becomes, Dave Chappelle doing a, a, a comedy bit where he tells people who live there, it's bad, and they all laugh. Does that mean any of them will spur to action to stop this? Because if the answer is no, then we're doomed. I yeah. think it's no. Yeah, I'm pretty black pilled. I think it's also no. I think that there are so many people who think it's normal, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't notice how bad it's getting until you leave. I, was who was here? Uh, one of the comedians was here. You'll know his name. He's a libertarian guy. And Dave Smith. Yeah, he was here. He was talking about how he moved out of the city during COVID, and then he went back for some reason and was like. I don't remember how bad this was. Like, this seems like it's got suddenly gotten worse, but it's because you walk past it every day and yeah. you're used to it. I think that's part of this. Like, if you tell a crowd of people who live in San Francisco, yeah, your homeless problems, homeless population is really a problem and they're, it's kind of erratic behavior. They're like, I know, crazy, right? Anyways, like, it's just a lot of, unusual. Uh, a lot of the denser urban areas in the south side closer and close to downtown in Chicago, I often felt smelled like sour milk. I don't know if you ever noticed that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had the taco smell. Taco smell. I mean, taco smell is pretty good, though. Over there, it's great. Yeah. but And then in New York, a lot of sour milk, too. Yeah. And I don't know exactly why, but that's why I often make the joke, living in a concrete block stacked on top of each other and smelling like sour milk, because there are these areas that for some reason do. I think with Chicago, for me, it was because there were some schools and they would dump milk out, like literally, <laughs> so it smelled like sour milk. I, I smell that all over New York, Tr like just trash and sour yep. milk kind of smell. And, and in New York, they put the garbage in front of their houses. That's crazy. That's that is weird. Right, because being We're from used to alleys. Exactly. In Chicago, we have alleys, so you put your garbage behind. Out of sight, behind. out of mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the, the garbage trucks go through the alleys to pick up all the trash. Yeah. New York, they don't have that. Coyote way. So, dude, go to, go to, the, go to uh, Occupy Wall Street, 
the Zuccotti Park where that was going down. And there's like a five foot tall pile of garbage <laughs> outside of these restaurants because they got nowhere. To, that's where they put it. Mm. And then it just it's all piled up in the streets and the garbage trucks come to take it. It's it's nasty. It looks like Paris, you know. Is that what Paris is like? Yeah, because they're all those protesters there. Uh, they're Ugh. mad about their retirement age. Oh, yeah. I think the main smell in Chicago is fear and anxiety. Always <laughs> having to, you know, look over my shoulder and make sure no one's following me. Yeah, that's true. But then they vote for, you know, Brandon Johnson. So I'm not quite sure. Very true. It matters. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like just when you think you thought you could save the city, you had some sliver of an opportunity to go to, you know, Paul Vallis, you know, but, but Brandon Johnson is worse than Lori Lightfoot. This is part of what makes me blackpilled on the cities and people who live there. And it's yeah. why last week I was like, I don't know. I don't want to be involved in this thing. I do think winning winning uh, on a self-defense case in New York means winning for us. I do think Daniel Penny should not be in prison. I do think him winning his case sets precedent about the value of far left protests and diminishes them. At the same time, though, I still have to say these people in these cities, like Dave Chappelle points out, they still do nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it's we, extremely frustrating. I mean, I, I both uh, we're both from Chicago. I, part of what made me a Republican was being from Chicago, <laughs> you know, getting out of the city and looking back. As you said, it's it is an eye opener to see what you've gotten used to. Were you a Republican when you grew up there? Um, I, I really well, I wasn't. Uh, I was really thinking about it that much until I was going off into college and mm -hmm. thinking about my own life and the the world outside of Chicago and realized it didn't have to be this way. And do you feel like people you grew up with are? similarly minded or do you feel like they're kind of like oh this is just the way life is yeah yeah i do think that they they feel like that that's the way life is and they've been so co-opted by this strange democrat message of you know if you're the democrat you're the good guy and the republicans are always the bad guy because mm -hmm. those are the party of white guys and us minority you know the party of minorities are can never do anything wrong on the democrat that's side that's actually because of john stewart <laughs> john, john stewart made made republicans and and conservative ideas toxic it's but not it, actually the idea. It's going to have to take a lot to get these people to wake up. I don't know how much longer. I don't I don't know if 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 they will because so much of their of their lives is just predicated upon tribal social adherence. That's what I call the woke cult. The adherence to left liberal social orthodoxy with cult-like fervor. It doesn't matter what's true. It just matters that they say the thing that is right mm -hmm. even if it's insane. Yes. How do you, how do you snap someone out of that? You have to you have to have the integrity to say no to that to begin with. You have to be the kind of person sitting at your computer at work and then someone says, did you hear that Donald Trump said white nationalists are very fine people? You have to be the person who goes, no, that's not true. He didn't say that. Yeah, I think we all have to be. He said they should be totally now. condemned it. They should be totally condemned. They're just saying some nonsense they heard in the news. You have to be willing to stand up and say, guy, you can't just say that. That's not true. A lot of people on the left don't know what is actually true because they believe things that propagandists tell them. If you go through Twitter right now, there's a lot of people retweeting uh, things that people said in like 2019, 2018, because of the whole Durham thing that came out today. You know, people like Ezra Klein and the FBI that are people that you're supposed to respect. They are the, there are innumerable propagandists and the left is, so uninterested in hearing opposing views that they fall into the the narratives that are totally unbelievable and and i think that that's 
No, no, go ahead. ahead. Well, I, I think that it, I think that that you need to give people that have been fed a load of propaganda for a lot for as long as you can remember. You have to give them a way out. So it's like it, you want to be like, I totally agree. You do have to be like, no, no, that's not true. But you don't want to come at someone without giving them a way to walk it right. back and be like, oh, OK. So, you know, it's like it's better to, to look at it like a joke and, and give them a, an out. So that way they don't feel like you're going to stomp on him for for being like oh maybe i was wrong i want to jump to this story and uh tread carefully ladies and gentlemen i have a story for you about a young liberal leftist type social media content creator being destroyed so bad in debate he was at he admitted himself to the emergency room and then posted photos of him at the hospital with an iv in he claimed in a Twitter space hosted by Nuance Bro, we've had on the show before, that 30% of the entire black population are, are, are unarmed and killed by the police every year. Yes, he is. This is from uh, Gain of Fauci on Twitter. Yes, he is claiming that over 13 million unarmed black people are killed yearly. Okay. The first thing I want to say is Nuance Bro swears every other word in this clip. Normally, we try to be family friendly, no swearing, but there's going to be a lot of swearing for you now because I do think you need to hear this. To this young man, Jeremy, who admitted himself to the ER, I will simply say, I hope you're doing better. You need to breathe. Breathe in. The Internet is not that serious. If people are, are criticizing you online because you were wrong about something, it's not the end of the world. You can always go play some soccer and, and breathe some fresh air. And maybe this job's not for you. But I think there is something profound in this moment that is worth talking about. So I'm going to play for you now this clip from Nuance Bro on Twitter and then and then show you the chain of events which led to the leftist losing the debate so bad he went to the ER. All right, we'll, we'll play it. No, 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 no. You're telling me 13.2 million black people are getting shot and killed unarmed every year. There is context to that. There's definitely context to those numbers. Dude, you're fucking crazy, dude. That's like a fucking holocaust. And the, dude, every black person would be dead in like fucking three years. Like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. What are you saying? Yet we're still dying dude, in random you know numbers answer is, than white. Jeremy, do you know what the actual answer is? Because I actually have the real numbers. I Like, you've clearly never done This is, I'm, I'm fucking mind blown right now, dude. The real number? By Washington Post, keep tracks of this. Unarmed black people shot by police, men and women. It's usually like 10 people, dude. It's like 10, maybe like 20 in a year. Sometimes it's like eight. You know, Average is 19. It's like 10 or 13 like, million. Like 22, maybe. Like that's what it is. Not million. Like I want to pause real quick and point a few things. This, this uh, individual, Jeremy, is a content creator for Gen Z for Change, which is a liberal political action social media group. They try to argue that Gen Z is progressive. I think this is a is a is propaganda. I think the goal of a group like Gen Z for Change is to try and convince young people that all young people are progressive. And if you want to fit in, you have to be this way, too. Conservatives need to get on board with this. But let me let me play this for you so you can hear after being told 13 million black people are not being killed every year. Listen to how he responds. That's just total. Do you believe that? Uh, I'm going to have to do more research. If you send me the link, I'll look. You were claiming like fucking, what was the number, Jonathan? 30% 13. of 44 million. 13.2 million. You said 30% of the entire black population. That is crazy. 
Roughly, like, yeah. Like, I, and I actually dude, believe that, that is insane. Like twenty to thirty like percent. Dude, legit. If Harry and Chris were in here, even right. He said, "I actually believe it." Like twenty to thirty percent. Double yeah. down. They would be like, "Dude, what the fuck? We gotta tell Elise to fire this guy. This guy's fucking nuts. Like <laughs> he's out of his fucking mind. He's smoking more crack than fucking uh, Hunter Biden." Like, this is <laughs> I, I wait, thought wait, that wait, land. That's Chicago's worth of black people. Yeah. I can't believe wait, 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 listen, what listen, I listen. hear. Like, do you, they don't have enough bullets? To fucking do that probably okay. is like, 20 is 15 to 20 percent fair then <laughs> no <laughs> that was it he did lance wasn't like as that. wrong as that poor guy is yeah. like oh, all no, that. this guy is like using like, a compromise in, in math 15 percent like i can't believe have you never talked to anybody like about this issue 15 to 20 percent is that more fair i only got to say two things i don't wish any ill will on on, on this guy jeremy Okay, I don't. He, he seems like he's a good guy. He's, he's good, good, but good intent. The path to hell is paved with good intentions. I'll say the two. I'll say two things. One, if you genuinely believe what you're saying, you should probably resign. This not is not the job for you. Following this, this young man admitted himself to the ER. Do, uh, do I have a? Here we go. He says, my heart is racing. This has not been a good night. Going to the ER. He then posted a picture of himself getting an IV, and then posted a picture of himself. In the emergency room. Okay. If you have to go to the emergency room because you were wrong about something, this is not the job for you. And I addressed this saying, I made an arrogant comment about the rate of unarmed black men being shot by police in this country. I own that mistake and I'm sorry I was wrong. He then goes on to mention, uh, Tim mentioned he got swatted, so he must understand this. Show some grace, please. This is the point I made. Look, this is not the job for you if that resulted in you going to the ER. We've had this place evacuated because of bomb threats. We were swatted 15 times, plus several other non-swatting incidents like bomb threats, other fake calls that resulted in forced evacuation and dogs sniffing through the building. I never had a panic attack. I never had a breakdown. I never had to go to the hospital because of it. If that's you, man, and I'm saying this with all due respect, not, not derisively, I'm saying I don't think you should do this because it gets worse than it is now. Was he admitted for the same depression John Fetterman had? I don't know, but the, the, the point is simply this. Here's what I think happened. I think the reason he went to the ER, I think he probably, his heart was about to erupt from his chest. I think this is exactly what I've explained with the social media crisis. Here's a young man. He's Gen Z. He's probably what? He's, how old is he? He's probably 20 something years old. So he's eight or nine years old, 2008, 2009, perhaps. That was the time. When the only things you'd get on your social media feed was police brutality videos. So these little kids sign up for Facebook for the first time, and it's their first view of the whole world in a single picture, and they get nothing but police brutality on Facebook. Companies were making massive money off of this. He then grows up in an environment of BuzzFeed, Mike Huffington Post and Vice saying the same thing over and over and over again. And he genuinely believes as he's older. There is a current Holocaust against black people going on. Why don't people care? Then he decides to debate it. And he tells people that he genuinely believes. He said that 20 to 30 percent of black people are killed every year. Yo, I got to be honest. If that was the case, I would be out there with Antifa and we would be like, it's time to put an end. I'd be in the Civil War. We'd, I, we, we would if there was that kind of stuff going on. I'm it already, sounds like he's describing a civil war. That's <laughs> Millions he, of people are dying. So, but, but, so what happens then? If 20 years of your life is proven wrong in an instant and you are being ripped to shreds, mocked your entire life wrong, 
your entire body of work wrong. You have a mental breakdown. You have a panic attack. You fall to your knees. You can't breathe. What have I done with my life? What is your life? You go to the hospital. I'm not surprised that happened to him. And I am not surprised that someone whose life was just ripped from their chest had to go to the emergency room. Everything he thought was wrong. Everything. It doesn't help that people like uh, LeBron James say that black men are being hunted in the street. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, they, they, these young people genuinely think there's like a yeah. Holocaust or something going on. The, it's it's told that they're they're told over and over and over that they must be afraid of the police. They must be afraid of. Uh, basically just overall society because it's out to get you you they are told that they have to be afraid of climate crisis where there's no wonder that that there's a, a mental health crisis with young people today because they've got this machine in their pocket that's just dumping doom. the most doom and gloom stories you can possibly imagine all the time yeah you think know? about it like what's going to happen it can go one of two ways um, what, what do you think would happen to like a diehard atheist if the second coming actually happens, like their whole worldview flashing before their eyes or for a Christian to see the inverse, all of their faith being ripped from them, not to assert either it's true or not true. I'm saying to to dedicate your whole life to a cause and then in an instant it is ripped from your soul. I mean, if you ever hear stories of people talking about leaving cults, right, if you're raised in a cult that has a very strong uh, ideology and belief coming to the other side can be really traumatizing and shocking because everything you've ever known is false. I mean, the the thing that stands out to me the most about this is the double think, right? It, it's, uh, he hears that the number is basically 10 unarmed black people are killed by police each year and he lowers his stats by 50%. So he goes from 1.3 million to like, no, what? it's 13 million per 13 year. 13 million to... to he, said, he went from 30 to, to 20 to 30 yeah. to 15 He's to like, 20. He's like, okay, like, you, said it's, you said it's 10, so I'll say it's 6.5 million and we'll call it a day. Like, he does not need stats or logic to back him up. And that's what I find concerning. If, if he was taught by someone, oh, it's 30 million black people and he knows the basic population of black people in the world or in, in america he should be able to figure out how much that is where did this number come from you'd be able to see that it's false you would you'd be here about it non-stop and when confronted with the actual information he's like well i'm not as i'm not completely wrong i'm only partially wrong it's 15 percent. it's half of what i said it was which is still wrong nothing that would be wrong able to by millions up, wrong by millions <laughs> it's not and just when wrong given the actual but- number He's still going to stick with most of what he said. Well, just to point out, his group was also this Gen Z for change. I think they were previously called TikTokers for Biden. No, he described it as they. the media called them TikTok oh, for they Biden. Called them that. He's, he's, and he got roasted for this because he said, we were called TikTok for Biden, but we are nonpartisan, just trying yeah. to get young people, blah, blah, blah. This is what the Democrats do better than. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Conservatives? conservatives are so are so stodgy and uncool like look man I, I was at the skate park the other day and i'm skateboarding and there's a bunch of young people there wearing jeans baggy t-shirts they got chain wallets i kid you not i saw a couple kids wearing i couldn't i was like it's the 90s all over again there's hope but 
this is where young people are excited and, and, and having fun and looking up to people. There's no conservatives there. The only po- politics you'll probably hear in these places, if it does come up, is going to be leftist. You get Gen Z for change. They go to young people and say, they show pictures of young people. You want to fit in. You got to believe these things. Conservatives, what do they do? They show up wearing suits to the school saying, I'm very cool with my suit. Kids don't look up to that. Sorry, dude. Like, this is what I see when I, when all these conservative, you know, action groups or whatever, they're all wearing suits. And it's just like, this is not how regular people act. And young people aren't looking up to you the same way. If you're going to young people wearing a suit, the only people that you're going to attract is young people that would want to wear a suit. See, I think or there are young people you. in the sphere that you're talking about who are like not wearing suits. They're more, you know, they want to wear flannels and do whatever. You know, they, they look aesthetically hipster, let's say. Uh, but they are afraid to call themselves conservatives. They they say, oh, well, I'm, I'm uh, you know, traditional or I'm, I'm libertarian, but I lean more this way. They are afraid of being labeled with the word conservative. Blame and so John they Stewart. avoid it, right? It's the opposite of what happens with being a, you know, a young liberal. You want to seem like the coolest, hippest, most progressive young liberal. And even if you look aesthetically the same, you're standing out with your politics. I think you have conservatives who would fit that aesthetic mold. They are just afraid to reveal themselves. So what we have now is Vivek Ramaswamy saying, if you want, if you're between the ages of 18 and 25, you got to pass a civics test to, to vote. After that, you can vote. I don't think that solves the problem. I don't think age determines... I think there's a correlation between age, knowledge, and wisdom, but it's not absolute. There's a lot of really young people who are very smart and have worked really hard. They shouldn't be excluded from voting or forced to take a test. At the same time, if there's going to be a requirement, it should be for everyone no matter what. You know, I I don't care. But where we're at now is the right tends to be like, look, man, these young people, you need to prove you know what you're talking about. And the left is like 16-year-olds should vote because the Democrats thrive off of ignorant voters who don't know they're being lied to yep um i tend to agree that there should be a test a civics test um i don't think that there should be an age limit or anything like that um i don't even know about a civics test i, I feel like what kind I, of test the reason who would, the, who would well, the reason the reason that i want test. the reason that i but think there should would be you a, trust the people giving the test the reason See, that, that's why i i when i talked with vivek ramaswamy about this before one of the things we that he brought up was maybe when you sign up for the selective service, you get a voter card and male and female, you both have to do it, but you don't have to do it. If you choose not to sign up for the for the selective service, no voter card. You do sign up, you get a voter card, plain and simple. The reason I, I th- that's a good idea. I think it's important for people to know the way, really understand the way that our system works. And the reason is because right now we got people that get so upset because someone gets elected and they don't get the results that they were hoping for. And then someone else gets elected and they don't get the results that they were hoping for. And the reason is because they're hoping for things that they're, the, the politician they're voting for does not have the power to do. The polit- politicians constantly make promises about things that they don't have any authority to do. And then they go ahead and get voted on that pre- pretext. If people, if more people that voted understood what a politician does and does not actually have the capability to do, they would at least have some kind of reasonable expectations as opposed to we could just elect this guy and then he'll go ahead and fix the climate or make the sun come down. You know, like <laughs> yeah. something well, really stupid. I think, I think this is where a lot of high schools have a, a civics requirement, right? Like for most high schools, you have to pass a civics course to graduate. This was true in, you know, the state I grew up in. I think it's true in Massachusetts. Most of high 
high school curriculums, you have to specifically pass a, uh, a civics. Maybe it's not true everywhere. But I don't think they're teaching the well, civics. Are you teaching it effectively, right? I mean, what do you actually need to know to be an effective voter? I do think that we should, if we're going to have a government, our government should be uh, encouraging people to pursue our values. And one of your values should be engagement in your community. So I don't think some kind of civic component to voting, whether it's just literally being aware of what the rules are or, you know, selective service, being in the military. I know Vivek had uh, first responders. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think we have just, we're fighting a culture of uh, apathy. People feel like they should have the right to vote, even if they don't really ever check the polls or see what's going on in their local community. I, I like the idea, we talked about this last week, you have to be a net taxpayer to vote. So think about how that would work. If the, the left might be like, oh, that's not fair, you know, then the poor people will get screwed over. No, they won't. If the people who are net taxpayers say, we're not going to allocate any tax funds to poor people, no social programs, no welfare. All of a sudden, it becomes very, very easy to become a net taxpayer. If you're not receiving any benefits from the government, that puts you at zero. If you then make 10000 a year, you become a net taxpayer and you vote. If everyone then votes to allocate more funding to people who are impoverished, poor people become not net taxpayers, they become tax liabilities or burdens. I'm not trying to be mean when I say that, but they, they're now taking more in taxes than they're giving. Now they don't vote because they're recipients of the system. So it creates a kind of balance in and of itself. I'm not saying it's a perfect idea. It was an interesting idea, but I think it, it could potentially work. And then the only people who are voting are those who are actually paying into the system for which other people get to live off of. A lot of the problems that we're seeing, or a lot of the, the problems you see with voting are not, you know, it's not new. These ideas were all things that uh, the founders had thought about, you know, talking about uh, a well-informed electorate and stuff like that. These are all the problems that cut like, and talking about things like when, when the electorate realizes they can vote themselves, uh, you know, benefits from the government and stuff like that, that they're, they're of course going to do that. All these things are, have, have been predicted or, or tried to be prepared for in, in our, our constitution. And the government has, continuously voted to give people some kind of benefit or some kind of, you know, some kind of something out of the, out of the government coffers. And it's not just, you know, welfare for poor people or whatever. This is talk. I'm talking about uh, benefits for company, for entire industries to try and get them to, you know, have a, a spur on certain, um, you know, industries and stuff. So the idea that the the government or that, that the population voting is going to fix the problem, I'm not sure because they they vote for, you know, vote, vote for the things that get them the benefits. And that's part of what our government has become. You know, so you take that away. Let's, I mean, let's uh, let's jump to the story about uh, Bud Light. So we got this tweet from Ashley St. Clair with this uh, picture of Bud Light cases of 24 packs with a rebate on them. She said the Bud Light marketing team must still be all women if they think a coupon will get a man's attention. It's very funny. But then uh, someone said rebate. And uh, I think it's something like same thing. But if, assuming this is true, and I've heard this from multiple people already. It says easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Get $20 back via rebate. I don't know what the stipulations are. But if this is a rebate on a case of Bud Light, that would imply that Anheuser-Busch is taking a loss on cases of Bud Light to move product. I want to stress, 
unconfirmed, but I have heard from numerous people they have seen similar things. Personally, in my experience, what I've seen is major discounts. I was at a liquor store a couple days ago. We were uh, picking up, it was yesterday actually, we were picking up Gatorades to go skate. And I was like, ooh, ooh, where are the Bud Light ads? And sure enough, there were big sale, 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 Bud Light, huge discount. And some lady actually bought a whole bunch. When I saw this, I had to, I had to wonder, with Bud Light sales dropping every week for the past month and a half, Anheuser-Busch is thinking, what can we do to reverse those numbers? Several things are happening. They're not moving product, so they're not selling. If the product just sits there, it goes bad. They're losing money. They need to just get rid of it. If it's old, get rid of it. So what do you do? Okay, fine. How about free beer? You buy it, send in the rebate, we give you your money back. Effectively making the beer free, but giving them sales metrics. So next week, when the sales come out, they'll say, Bud Light sales went up. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm doing yeah, my part by shaming people who buy Bud Light. How do you shame them? Just boo them if you see, you, saw, you hang out at liquor stores? And Actually, just yeah, boo. You just hit on them. You, uh, <laughs> you just ask them like, hey, where's the, uh, you know, but, but yeah, so, so, so I think, I think the issue now with, uh, with, with Anheuser-Busch is that they have created something that people just don't want to be seen participating in. Now, mm. let me, let me jump to this next story here. We have this, uh, nope, that's the wrong one. Where are we at? Here we go. We have this ad from Miller Lite. Looks like Miller Lite has jumped into the woke beer game. So this ad started going viral, and uh, I will now just uh, play the ad for you, I suppose, and then grace you with the, the video. Why would you jump into this? Here's a little known fact. Women were among the very first to brew beer ever. From Mesopotamia to the Middle Ages to colonial America, women were the ones doing the brewing. Centuries later, how did the industry pay homage to the founding mothers of beer? They put us in bikinis. Wait, wait, they put you in bikinis? Like, women don't buy bikinis, they're forced into them? No, we only buy them because the patriarchy. Come on, Tim. No, you don't buy them, they force you to wear them. That's right? true. Wow. Like, women don't like wearing that? Look at this Wild. It's time beer made it up to women. Okay, here's, here's my, oh, here's what you do. Sorry, is there Go like the a beach. lot of money in women buying beer that I don't know about? Go to the beach. And when you see women in bikinis go, I'm so sorry, a man made you wear that. No, that's normal. I've heard about this for years. The only reason the bikini exists is because women are always trying to dress for men. And therefore, the patriarchy is making women, I don't know, unhappy. Well, here's here's the rest of the ad. So today, Miller Lite is on a mission to clean up not just their shit, but the whole beer industry's shit. <laughs> Miller Lite has been scouring the internet for all this shit and buying it back so that they can turn it into good shit for women brewers. Literally, good shit. How, you ask? Ladies, take it away. First, we turn the bad into compost. Then we feed compost to worms. Push out beautiful fertilizer. That good helps farmers grow quality hops. Which is then donated to women brewers to make their own really good But there's definitely more out there. In your attic, in the garage, in your parents' basement. Send any you got into Miller Lite and they'll turn that into good too. So here's to women, because without us, there would be no beer. Okay, I, so so this is actually I just is this from March? This I have publicly. Answer now. Is that well, this might be true? This, this might be a hot March. take. This might be a hot take. Miller Lite is actually doing a better service to women in this ad than Bud Light with their Dylan Mulvaney ad. I get what Fair. you're saying. Fair, but also yes. no, thank you. Oh, but, but, no, yes, no, no, thank you. But I, I don't care about this. 
Yeah. I saw this ad and I was like, whatever, I guess. Like, they're trying to sell beer to feminists or whatever. Like, women don't want to buy... Bring back the Super Bowl I'm sorry, do feminists buy tons of beer? Like, is this, like, the market industry that they have to break into? No, 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 you got it wrong. The issue is they don't. They're trying to get them to. I don't think that they is understand the issue. how this works at all. Well, no, the, the idea is this. The, the, the marketing guys come in and say, hey, women don't buy our beer. What do we got to do? We got to make a more pro-woman beer. The marketing guy says, here's our research showing you what women want. Okay, then let's do this women's empowerment thing. I don't care about it. Let them do it. I'm just going to tell you this. Are you, are you a big I, beer drinker? I will not drink the beer that comes from these women brewers because it was brewed with garbage. That's literally what the ad says. The ad says they're taking magazine clippings, newspaper, and old cardboard cutouts, composting it down to grow vegetables with. I don't like it when my food comes from garbage. I like it when my food comes from, like, for, like normal fertilizers and, like, the earth. To put it simply, if you take a bunch of magazine clippings that are full of inks and other chemicals and then compost them and grow things from that— I kind of feel like that will leach into the product you're consuming. And I don't even like plastic bottles. So, uh, yo, I'm not going to buy. You're telling me not to buy beer from women who brew beer because you're giving them garbage hops. Yeah. Also, they're <laughs> donating them to women. Women need extra help brewing beer. So we're going to send them extra materials. Like, how could anyone like this ad? I just don't get it at all. I understand what you're saying. They're trying well, to no, say, I like, love it now. <laughs> women, it will be empowering if you drink beer because really the real feminist drink is beer. And I think that is clever, <sighs> if not effective. It's it's the dumbest thing in the world it, because the it is constantly are women telling easily women. Manipulated? I just don't get it. It's like they're it's it's like the establishment is constantly telling women the best way to be a woman is to try to be like a man. Drink the drinks that men drink, go to work like men, sleep around like men want to. What the hell is going on? Like, why is it that society also, keeps telling women just be like dudes? Well, no, they're like, be like us feminists, join our cult, be a feminist, be a feminist, be a feminist, be a feminist. That's the only thing you ever hear uh, with women's movements. It's always about being a feminist. Fair. You never hear the other angle. There are very few outlets that are saying like, be feminine. In, embrace traditional roles. All guys want except, you to be feminine. Except that you are different from men and therefore you have different talents and skills. Like instead it's like, no, no, no. Now we got to get into the beer industry. Even <laughs> if you don't like it, drink a beer, put those seltzers down. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't understand how this is appealing. Who cares if women made beer a hundred thousand years ago? I don't. I'm not going to drink it if I don't want to. And you selling magazine fertilizers or donating to women like it's it's it reminds me of tom shoes they're like oh but it's important because <laughs> we give a shoe away and so therefore you feel good like if they're trying to get all of these arguments to make women drink beer i really think we should just stop make a different product for women they don't want to drink beer that's okay girls just leave them alone peach bellinis are better anyways and if you like <laughs> beer and you're a lady that's great don't drink this beer though because this is garbage Literally. Literally. <laughs> this is the same woman that was advocating for women to grow their armpit hair out. Oh. Like, yeah. Ooh, good. Yeah. The I don't actress. know her good. name, but okay. whoever they tapped for this ad. Say women. I don't remember her like, name, there's but special, she's like there's a, a secret ingredient in this uh in Women this stop being like women. I feel like now all of you have to go to a bar and buy a woman whatever type of beer this is and be like, here, a Miller Lite. I got this because I believe in women. It's now the male I respect, feminist. I respect women, so I will buy Miller Lite. I, I just, just like, assumed you wanted a Miller Lite. Did you know that women brewed beer before? But if I really don't like women, I'll be getting a Bud Light. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, like I just like I just don't understand why the ad, like all of the advertisements that you see are trying to get women to be more like men. 
I think and trying to get men yeah. to be this more is what like I mean. women. Like, if, unless For, there's a secret society of female beer drinkers who have tons of money that that's untapped by this market, stop. Well, no, sell but, them but, something but, they but, actually but that's, want. That's, but I think you misunderstand. Like, they're trying to get new people to buy their product. I don't think it will be an effective conversion rate. I think they right. were better off investing that marketing money in a product that women are actually already buying. I, I disagree with that. I think any any company that's selling a product is asking itself, what can we do to get our product in the hands of, of, of the opposite sex? So like Bic razors, for instance, they're like men shave their faces. Can we sell this product to women? Sure. They shave their legs and armpits. Let's mm -hmm. promote that idea. And then they run an ad campaign saying shave your armpits. Yeah. But that's why Bud Light launched the seltzer initially. When there was the seltzer craze, they launched seltzer because they're like more women drink the seltzer. So we'll make them a specific product that is under an, our umbrella. They did not see a sudden rise of people running to Bud Light. They just decided that at some point they were going to make them their target audience. I, think, I just don't think that's effective. I, I don't I, have a business degree. The, what's not effective about it is insulting men and women to run an ad. If like they, they did that commercial with that guy, Miles, what's his face and his wife, and they're like dancing and drinking Bud Lights together. That's how you market to women. Mm -hmm. d d not this, n not Dylan Mulvaney. That just offends people. I can't, I just can't even imagine Dylan Mulvaney being uh, compelling to women. I can't see this being compelling, but I know there are women who will be like, what? No way. We started brewing beer first and then men took that from us and they will feel an outrage. Like they're playing instead of on what well, we're talking about with the, I don't remember the actor, but he's in Top Gun. That ad is aspirational, right? You're like with your man and you're having fun and it seems fun. Like women want that. They want to aspire up, right? This one is saying like be resentful and bitter and buy our beer. And I just don't want to live a life like that. That's a good point. That's not the reason you want to drink a beer. Yeah, they're just trying to market you being unhappy. And I feel like that's a negative spin here, Miller Lite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't see, I don't see it really converting a lot of people. I don't see a compelling, you know. Also, are, are they just I, like assuming their male audience is going to be all male feminists and be like, oh man, cool, we'll keep buying this to support the women? Great bait for social media though. Whoever yes. made that ad, I did, mean, did this? This was this was old, and this yeah, did March, this actually March ran, 7th. or yep. was it okay? So it yeah, just nobody kinda, cared. Yeah, and I got to be honest, I still don't care. Like people are like calling for a boycott of Miller Lite. I'm like, why? I mean, look, don't drink the garbage beer like that. I get if you go to if you go to like a women brewery. I, like, this is the problem now. If I ever go to a brewery, and it's like women owned. I'm going to be like, did you get hops from Miller? Because like I don't want magazine clipping chemicals in my beer. <laughs> You know, I don't know, maybe the plants filtered out, but look, we've got a septic tank out here with and there's a leach field. Anybody who has septic knows about leach fields. It's where it runs off. And uh, they tell you not to grow things there <laughs> because, you know, it's gross. They tell you not to, but if you watch the way the grass grows above your leach field compared to the <laughs> other places, you know you're mowing that like two, three, you, you want to get out there like every Well, actually, the dandelions are crazy. Right? It, it, it's, it's probably, it's a lot of water. Yeah, and so, moisture but, and... But, you know, they're like generally don't eat vegetables because it's absorbing a lot of the stuff that's coming up there. I think the same thing is true if they're taking magazine clippings from the 80s or whatever and then composting it and then trying to make beer out of it. That like I'm just not into that. They're just you know sprinkling I mean? lead paint in while they're at it. They're like, it's fine. So now you have a guy and it's like, I like going to this brewery because owned by women, but, you know, she gets her hops for free from Miller and it's made of old newspaper clippings. I'm not I don't want to drink that. I just you know? think it's weird that they're pretending like this is like ad. a local brewers thing. We're going to help local lady brewers by giving them our multi-million dollar <laughs> lady hops. Brewers. Hey, that's what they are, right? I, apparently lady that matters. Brewers. You know, 
Or is it just you only change it when it's men? It'd be men brewers and they would just be the brewers because they started it. Remember, women started brewing beer before anyone could think of it. Back in ancient Mesopotamia, <laughs> apparently. Let's yes. uh, let's jump to this next story. This is a big story. I don't think anybody really cares, but I think we have to talk about it anyway. It's from TimCast.com. Vice Media has filed for bankruptcy, reached a deal with creditors, including Soros Fund Management, to purchase assets. Do you, can you guys guess how much money they uh, uh, are going to be spending on purchasing Vice. Have you guys read this? Do you know what the number is? I do because I have so many videos. Do you know what the number is? Two hundred million. It's zero. What? It's zero dollars. <laughs> Wait, say that one more time. Zero. Soros Fund Management and I think Forge is the other company loaned Vice money, and Vice has defaulted on those loans. <laughs> so the acquisition comes with the loan as credit towards the purchase. So they're calling it 225 million, but that money was given to them four gotcha. years ago. So they're basically assuming ownership of Vice because Vice is in default. That's, some, about, that's a major implosion. That's, it's, it's just like, get woke, go you broke. You were at Vice, weren't you? Yeah, I was. What, what do you think of this, this downfall? I think Vice was this edgy punk rock brand that everybody wanted to work at. And one by one, they excised from the company people who made it fun and brought in stodgy, woke psychopaths and turned the company in to plastic garbage that nobody wanted to associate with or read. And this is what you get from a $5.7 billion evaluation to nothing. Hey, man. Sometimes woke things make money. That's yeah, true. Sucks. But typically, you get woke, you go broke. I could not imagine what it must be like to have driven Vice up to $5.7 billion to be named as the up and coming CEO of the hottest media property who is now worth $2 billion to be listed in Forbes as a billionaire. And then only a few years later to zero. Yeah. To be fair, I think the uh, I think Shane Smith is probably still worth tens of millions of dollars. So good for him. I don't think he's a lot to worry about, but it, it must be crazy to work on something for three or four, I think four decades. Yeah, we're talking, well, thir 30 some odd years, about 30 years. More than that, actually. Yeah. And then just have nothing to show for it at the end of the day. I mean, look, the, the company's going to operate. I think the Soros Fund Management is going to rip the company to shreds, sell everything off to recover their losses. You don't think they're going to build it up again? Nope, absolutely not. It's a It's a garbage property now. Vice, in, when I joined back in 2013, was the gold standard, the golden name in advertising. You wanted your ads on Vice. It was young. It was hip. The kids were there. Now, it's like embarrassing to be associated with Vice. Yeah. Who wants to run ads on that? And they got no other. It's not only that. I wonder why it is they didn't do a membership drive thing like BuzzFeed tried to do. <laughs> Sorry. Nobody wants to donate to you, Vice. Who wants to hang out with the hall monitor? I'm not going to be paying for fake news. That's for sure. Like, who <laughs> wants to hang out with the people that, that employ people literally to monitor what other people are doing and tattletale on them? If you say a naughty word on the internet, Vice will be there. You have a shitty opinion. Yeah. Vice will be there to tell everybody and monetize your dumb idea. They're, it's good riddance to bad rubbish. Does Vice's collapse create a vacuum that another company is going to fill? Like, is is there a is there a runner up to Vice? My opinion is no, but I'm not. But I, I don't see any 
Uh, I don't see that. Because Vice was pre- kind of unique in its origin. Yeah, but it it's really not. It doesn't. It's it not leaving the vacuum. Time. The true vacuum, I think that um, that we lose out on. I, I love the Vice documentaries on YouTube. For mm-hmm. a, for a while, those are really really good. No matter what the subject was, their their website after you know a few years recently became hot trash. But mm-hmm. you know, I, mean, I I still haven't seen that kind of replication of documentaries in a while. Right. That's what I think. I think there is a, a space where Vice way back in the day really dominated and that's why they had this fresh attractive well, reputation it's not it's not like there's anything that's going to be it's not like they, they had a position that needs to be filled now like currently they haven't been a, a new and irreverent and risk-taking in many yeah. years like the tucker so, vacuum yeah it's not exactly it's not like the tucker vacuum i mean granted it's a totally different you know arena tucker and vice but still there's not it's not like vice has been doing anything that you know and media matters or whoever like that's all it is it's like vice and media matters were were the same people they're or interchangeable because their opinions were all the same and the same thing with cnn and and msnbc the the things the people that you would see on like msnbc's website that don't make it to the air on their their cable channel it would would absolutely be the same people that you would see writing for vice or see doing stuff for vice so it, it doesn't really matter you know who it is it's not like there's going to be missing uh, you know they weren't people weren't watching for a reason you know do you think people are craving that kind of uh content and information in this day and age like the device documentary sphere i think so i mean they were i I didn't know that i was looking for that kind of content when i first found it but it it definitely captured the attention and unfortunately what captures the attention nowadays is videos like tiktok Mm -hmm. uh or or you know weird you know vox documentaries now um, but there, there is, there is that vacuum. And I, I do remember it, it also reminds me of Netflix in the early days when their early documentaries were, you know, their original series were they pretty had some great, really interesting stuff, yeah. but now it's just all these Obama funded movies that, you know, I'm not going to be watching soon. So yeah. there, there is a vacuum that they, that is created by vice. Do you think under. it's the, the corporate structure that takes out that unique perspective? Or do you think just as, as the company gets bigger? It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They change what they're interested in promoting. Yeah, well, I, I think based off what Tim says, that's definitely the case. And I, I see it with a lot of these YouTube content creators as well, where they 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 start a channel that balloons into a you know multi billion or multi million dollar business, and then they have to, by the by the virtue of their growth, get you know some of these you know corporate heads involved, and it strays away from what the original spirit of the content was. And yeah. I definitely think that's what happened at Vice. Do you find that's true in your line of work, like working for a congressman? Do you think your messaging changes each year, or do you think it's like pretty consistent? No, I think it's consistent. I mean, it's pretty easy when you just have to listen to the American people and reflect what they feel. And you but don't have when to you be... first started working with Gates, did you have to kind of learn his tone, or did you feel like you personally already? No, I, I no, I my tone is the MAGA movement. You know, I'm a I'm a warrior of you know the ultra MAGA folks out out in the country, and so I I honestly think that how I feel is how a large majority uh, of our people feel, and so it wasn't ever hard for me to wonder what the American people thinks on an issue. You kind of just get it. Yeah. Um, and you know, if I don't, if I had thoughts on a certain issue, go back to the dist- go back to the district and see what the constituents think. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think that Netflix or Vice would have benefited from being able to do that, like going back to their audience and saying, "What do you want us to be doing?" 
Yeah, I think so. But I think ultimately money talks. Yeah, I so. think so too. Are you guys on TikTok? No. Uh, over at Matt Gates. Good God, no. Absolutely not? not. Well, TikTok is an entity of the CCP. So we're never going to be on TikTok, probably. That's you also where can't be, all right? of Gen Z is. It is true. Well, I, I, I don't want to be there. I don't want to aid and abet TikTok. So Fair. I think regardless, uh, it, it is a... I do feel it as a uh, as a comms director wanting to get that audience, but you know at the same time you have to think about what you're benefiting, and I think ultimately they're just too much of a too much of an evil for me to be able to participate in, and I'll find avenues elsewhere. That that organization Gen Z for Change says that forty percent of Gen Z gets their news from TikTok and Instagram. I believe that, mm-hmm. and that's why TikTok bans people who go against the establishment. Mm-hmm. They are trying to realign politics, and I think we should ban TikTok. I agree. And there's a certain reason why they operate TikTok, how they do in the United States, and they operate a different way in China. It's a different company in China, their version. It's something else. But I think if you look at Vice, Vice is what happens when the market has an opportunity to decide whether or not woke content should survive. The answer is no. TikTok is what happens when the market doesn't. It just becomes the dominant app, and then they start removing any and all competition politically. But nobody wants this stuff. I just, man, the end of an era, man. Do you think that there's a replacement device? Nope. No, you don't think there was like someone picking up the, the Timcast news. Was? Yeah, maybe maybe we can start doing uh, some fun travel adventure documentary stuff. Yeah, well, your site has been totally revitalized. I, I believe. I think I've seen Timcast news more on my feed than I have at any other point. Oh, I mean, we just we just do our thing. You know, Hannah Claire writes stuff. Me and all of the other journalists. It's and you great. Follow at Timcast News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you. I'm so glad that you do. <laughs> that Vice, Vice wasn't always news. Vice used to be sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It was the mm-hmm. underground. So when they started doing these travel shows, it was still just the underground. It was like traveling to a foreign place to follow some crazy story and meet some crazy people. They weren't the biggest stories in the world. They would go and meet a guy who sold shrunken heads. And it's like, whoa, what a crazy story. It, it reminds me more of what like Shane Cashman does. You know, he exactly. is interested and he pursues pursues it wherever it goes. I mean, his story about finding Confederate gold, like that's not mainstream news. On the other hand, it gives you such an insight into the world around you and especially niche communities. Maybe we should just do that. We'll send Shane awesome. on little adventures of the camera. And send Hannah Claire to North, Car- uh, North Korea. Just <laughs> <laughs> send me to North Carolina. That's like North Carolina. That <laughs> I'll, I'll like go. I'll two hours. Out what's yeah. there. Three hours maybe. Five, I think it's five. Politely, Phil doesn't expect me to go too know, far. Come back and report for the show. <laughs> right. I'm like live on the ground reporting from North Carolina. Just go to, like, go to North Carolina. here it is. Tell me, are the mountains actually as misty as they say? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I think about this when I first moved to West Virginia. <clears throat> people always talk about um, Mothman, right? And you can drive across the state of West Virginia and see the town that is incorporated into the legend of Mothman. I mean, every state has sort of their own weird mm-hmm. weird histories and, and small conflicts that you can find a lot of stuff that isn't uh, filling this breaking news space. You know, uh, I like writing about policy and i like being able to write out there i'm really grateful for the flexibility that i have but you know sometimes there are issues that people don't necessarily care about until you write a compelling story about them. and again like i'm going to shout out shane cashman here i think that's something he does really well um there are stories that aren't urgent but at the same time if you read them it can really shape your perspective and i think that's what you're saying was interesting about the vice documentaries you should yeah. definitely check out shane's uh uh part on on riffraff riffraff is hilarious so yeah. You should check it out. Definitely. <laughs> uh, do you feel like that's something that you guys are balancing, like trying to stay in the news cycle? Or do you feel like you guys are sort of uh, 
dictating the news with what you're doing in Congress. It's a little both. Yeah. I mean, I never get like a lot of the times when you see breaking news on TV, I'm seeing it at the same time. So mm-hmm. a lot of the times uh, you're doing some of the influencing and you're doing some of the reacting. Yeah. Um, and you're not on TikToks. So you're not ch- chasing the dance trends <laughs> or anything like that. No, I, I'm more of a – I come from the uh, Trump war room. So I was trained over there and I'm used to seeing like – every major news channel on the same screen. So mm-hmm. that's pretty much my same setup in the Capitol. So I'm monitoring all the news at the same time and not really focusing on one source. What's yeah. with uh, AOC and Matt Gates being besties now coming together on that bill? Yeah, where uh, are these friendship bracelets? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I, I, I think everyone needs to, to get on board with this. I mean, the American people see don't trust the Congress. And I think banning members from owning and trading stocks is something, a, a small thing that we can do um, to try to regain some of that trust. Have you uh, tried to come up with ways that they would manage to get around the legislation? Because it's my, I mean, I would assume that if there is legislation passed that says you can't own, that they can't trade or whatever, I imagine there would be, they would have agents that would do the trading or whatever for it. Yeah, that, usually you it's know. by a spouse. The you, Paul Pelosi method, actually. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the, I, I do believe the legislation does include the provisions to, uh, to also prevent family members from being able to do that loophole. Uh, and I'm not, uh, just to preface this, I'm not a legislative person. I'm on the communication side. So, I get the, uh, I get the smart people to boil it down for me. Um, but, no, we have thought of some of those provisions as well. And, uh, yeah, it's... You're going to find a lot of the times with the with this with legislation on Capitol Hill is, is loopholes is the death of the bills um, when w- once it actually becomes implemented and so that that is good that we want we do want to think about every way that they can get around that yeah I mean as soon as legislation is written there are people that are you know trying to come up with ways to get around it in you know especially when it when money is is. In question. Yeah, you know, and so. accountability. Yeah. And, <laughs> and transparency. That's TIG. That's not Congress's strong. None that's, of those no. are Congress's strong points. So No, but I, I think I think it is a good thing that Gates and AOC are coming together. You know, I, I, it's, Who else would you guys work with, do you think? Uh, well, on this bill specifically, uh, the sponsor is Brian Fitzpatrick. So mm-hmm. he's more of a centrist Republican. And uh, Raja Krishnamoorthy, an Illinois Democrat. And so you kind of have all these sectors, I think, that... Tim uh, was touching on earlier, the center, the establishment, the right, the progressive. Um, you know, I, I think it's a, a pretty big coalition that we got so far. And uh, I think a lot of the a lot of the people are very interested in what we have to say about that. So what's your relationship like with uh, the other offices, so to speak? Any Democrats that you guys kind of talk to? Um, is there a lot of communication or is this sort of a breakthrough for both sides? No, honestly, it kind of caught me by surprise how, how big it was going to be. I just thought that this legislation was just so common sense that, you know, people would say, you know, I'm on board with it, but it was pretty big deal to see two names on the legislation together. Um, but personally, I mean, I, I know the congressman, he has a lot of great relationships across the aisle. And so he, he works with anyone and everyone when it comes to uh, keeping the Congress more accountable to the American people or, you know, pulling our troops out of forever wars. He'll work with anyone and everyone to get our troops out uh, of these foreign conflicts. And so I think we need to see more of that. Yeah. So do you have advice for people who want to be in your position? Like if someone is watching this and wants to work for a congressman, because you have kind of a unique, like you just threw yourself into it story. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, I have zero before I got into this, I had zero political connections. I, you know, I'm the first in my family to work in politics. Um, you know, I really just saw that Trump inspired me to come to DC fight the establishment and what we now see as a, a very weaponized deep state. And you didn't even, you, you didn't complete call. Co- I mean, do you want to talk about that story? Yeah, no. Yeah. I was uh, proudly kicked out of college. So I was, uh, the, the story is a little long, but, uh, in the, 
um, fall of 2017, I was a freshman at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, um, and I was reporting for what is known as uh, Campus Reform. It's a project of the Leadership Institute. Um, and there was a protest being held on the anniversary of Trump's election on campus, and it was being hosted by the campus uh, professors who are openly Marxist, openly waving Antifa flags on campus. Um, and so I did what I always do. I go to report, stand in the back, take a few notes, record. Uh, but this guy was so triggered by our presence that he immediately saw us, came right to us, uh, charged me and my cameraman. Um, eventually we were attacked at the end of this, uh, encounter and the Dean, after hearing all these stories in the media, all these complaints from folks brings me into the university. And he says, you have two options. You can write a letter saying everything that had happened up until that moment, including you getting attacked was your fault. Or you can write a thousand word letter saying you're completely barred from re-registering for classes. And so I was effectively kicked out of college um, with one semester under my belt, nothing on my resume. Um, I had to go back to Chicago and work for free um, on various campaigns, volunteering basis, and uh, didn't find anything for a while. And uh, in the midst of all that, I had decided to sue the university on First Amendment basis um, with the Alliance Defending Freedom for a couple of years. And so... While I was kicked out of school, wasn't able to find a job in politics, I was actively suing my university. So I felt like I had everything against me. And the only person who had my back at that time was Donald Trump. Seriously, Donald Trump. Really? I didn't hear much from anyone. I had my, the congressman uh, at the University of Illinois, Rodney Davis, uh, had put a phone call out to the chancellor, but it was just a phone call. We didn't hear much from them, from him after that. Um, and in the fall of, uh, or I'm sorry, in the spring of 2019 is when I got a call from the White House and they had said, we want to invite you to a speech on higher education is how they put it. Um, and so I came to DC, never been to DC before. I was flown from DCA straight to the White House. And on the way there, they had told me that um, my case at the university was probably one of the most egregious free speech violations they had seen on college campuses at that time. Um, and so they wanted me to stand behind President Trump as he signs an executive order protecting free speech on college campuses, saying that if these uh, colleges and universities don't abide by free speech policies, that they can get their federal funding stripped uh, via executive order. And so that was my first entrance to D.C. ever, literally, like, like I love landing in I'm D.C., staying. go right to the White House and meet President Trump. And so that's how I th at that moment, I knew I was always going to be a warrior for Trump. Because no one else had really cared about my story. It was a blip in the media for, for a minute. Um, but the president really uh, identified that as a key story. And I was always grateful for that. And that's why I knew that I was going to be a warrior for that guy. And so I uh, had used that experience a couple months later to try to pitch myself around the D.C. area. Got an internship and then just kept rolling from there. Yeah. And so I uh, had a few opportunities to interview with some folks while I was in D.C. Um, and so luckily... I get to say that the only three men that I've worked for in politics, Mark Meadows, Matt Gates, Donald Trump. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyone could do it as long as you are reflecting the values of the American people. Yeah. If you weren't doing this, what would you see yourself doing? I don't know. I've always wanted to do this. So it's yeah. kind of crazy that I'm uh, that I'm in it right now. But you just thought you'd do it after you get your degree. I, I thought I'd do it, you know, when I was way older than I am now. The University of Illinois was like, no, thanks. Please leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. I, I have known people who are having these conversations with their teenagers, like, should we even go to college? Because they're so, I mean, Phil can talk about this. They're so corrupt and biased. Uh, is there a point, right? Mm -hmm. And I think to your point, like, you have strong values and you just were willing to work hard and that got you where you are. Yeah. I, I mean, there are, there are a lot of, a lot of uh, points 
you know, before getting kicked out of school where I had to say, am I going to stand up for what I believe in or am I, go- am I not, am I going to cower? And that came up a lot of times. It was, you know, do you want to push this story out into the media? Do you want to get enough, do you know, do you want to get attention for this? Do you want to sign a letter effectively saying that, uh, everything you did was wrong and, you know, you get to go quietly, nothing will happen to you after this, but how are you going to feel after the fact? And I would never be able to live with myself if I had signed that letter. And I know, I think a lot of people in the country when they're faced with that, aren't going to do it either. But to the folks who maybe would out of being scared, I would entirely encourage you don't. I understand that like fear of thinking like you've already invested a ton of money into this, you know, you have to go to college, otherwise you'll fail and you won't, you know, whatever people are afraid of when it comes to this. And like, I could understand the pressure of being told. Just generally being targeted. No one wants to be targeted for literally doing nothing standing there and reporting um but you know i i was very fortunate to be in that situation and to be able to stand up and be an example hopefully for some other folks and not that much later at the white house yeah it's pretty cool i like matt gates he's my favorite member of congress yeah there's 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 almost no one that i actually do like like except for maybe rand paul or thomas massey matt gates i think is the best and i think his willingness to work with aoc is good despite the fact that i think she's just a i think she's a really bad person but I'll take it. You know, the bill to uh, uh, ban insider trading type stuff is good. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I wonder if we will ever, I'm thinking about third parties and if there's any point to it. And if people like Matt or Thomas Massey or Rand Paul represent something else in populism in MAGA and Trump, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not really the Republican Party and the Republican Party doesn't mean anything. Democratic Party doesn't mean anything. AOC is not the same as, as you know, insert democrat i guess i think the shift the the parties are definitely evolving you've got you know a significant uh socialist wing of the democrat party nowadays i don't think that there's a whole lot of argument about that um and the america first wing of the republican party is is really starting to become the only legitimate legitimate republican party you know the the establishment republicans their their policy preferences are so so very similar to the democrats it's it's you know you're talking about two or three percent in tax rates and otherwise all of your establishment republicans are repeating the same talking points that the democrats are repeating about people like gates or people like Marjorie taylor green or people like desantis or or you know any anyone that is in any way looking to challenge the you know the bureaucracy the entrenched bureaucracy so i uh, i think that the the parties are are going to see a little more pull from the 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 extremes but you know i don't i don't i don't see how how anything significant changes you know if it's biden elected or or whatever it, it's going to be the same policy so and i'm not even sure that that trump is going to be able to get elected again so that's just my take so it is inevitable Trump will be president in 2024. What makes you so confident? The American people. We yeah. got him on our side. We have God on our side. In the end, God wins. So no matter how blackpilled I get uh, by the swamp, I always know God wins at the end. So we got to keep pushing. This, this DeSantis just seems doing a really, really good job on policy, but he doesn't have the he doesn't have the attitude that Trump has. And I feel like Obama proves it too. Trump proves it. Character matters more than than policy. For Trump, he has character defects, but he has a lot of power behind his words. And then he had policies people really liked. For Obama, celebrity. That was it. I don't think there was any real policies behind that. He didn't, he didn't get universal health care. He didn't pull out of the Middle East. 
It was just, he was a celebrity and everybody wanted to march behind him. Yeah, I didn't hear him campaigning on bombing the shit out of everyone. I didn't hear that point in the, uh, what? You the hope, the hope campaign. Yeah. I don't know. That was a big part of his, uh, his presidency though. So he certainly kept that non, uh, campaign promise to was, the military industrial complex. He was good at it. That was his campaign promise behind the scenes. We're going to go to super chats. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends and become a member over at timcast.com to support our work and get access to our members-only Uncensored show, which will be live at about 10, 10 p.m. Eastern time tonight. But for now, we're going to read your Super Chats. All right, let's see what we got. Okay, Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, I was feeling a kind of way with your take of a fellow Marine vet who did the right thing. Though he's a dummy for living in NYC, I'm glad to hear you thought on the subject and came around. Respect. He is from Long Island, right? Like, it's not that crazy yeah. he was in New York. I still believe people would be wise not to live in these cities. Absolutely. But I, but I do think there's too much to be won with uh, with winning this fight. And I think that matters. You know, keep, let's keep this guy out of prison. Let's set a precedent on doing the right thing. Let's set a precedent on the right to defend yourselves. And let's prove that the activist protests are meaningless. Let's Let's have this be more powerful than any protest of a ragtag bunch of lunatic leftists. All right. Wayback says the Durham report drop didn't necessarily tell us anything new, but it did prove that the conservatives were right yet again. And they held this over Trump's head the entire entire first term, Trump in 2024 for redemption. A lot of people are saying cover the Durham report. Uh, well, it did just come out. Um, I've only read a little bit, so I don't know if I would do it service, but it really just looks like exactly what everyone already knew to begin with. Just confirmation more that we knew they were lying about Trump being a Russian agent. Threat to democracy, says Tim. Thank you for supporting Daniel Penny. Whenever we have an American citizen captured in hostile territory, we do everything we can to get him out safely, or at least we used to. Also, what is everyone's favorite fighter jet? I don't know. A-10. That's my favorite one. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Classic F-35. But I mean, if we do want to talk about UAPs, they do go faster. F-35 money pit. Yeah, yeah. Actually, if true. Ian were here, he'd say talking plasma, but he's not here. The one made of graphene. Yes, I like the one that was built that they just put wings on a gun. P. Deedle says, "Was Jordan in the middle of a crime by making threats?" Yes, he was. Uh, yes, it is a criminal act, and in the commission of committing a crime, he lost his life. It's called menace, right? Mm-hmm. Is the name of the? I think it's uh, uh, terroristic threats, actually. Threatening on a train to harm everyone and lose your life is is more felony territory. Sounds pretty yeah. terror to me. Yeah. And he was throwing garbage, so there's like a question about assault there. Miss Ladypart says the 15-minute chokehold claim is so ludicrous, a blood choke would kill a person in like two minutes. Do you think the guy was just pit-bulling a corpse for 13 minutes? Yeah, it's insane. No video shows that. I, I have no idea what they're talking about. James Wills says... Thanks for standing up for those who do the right thing. We should all support things we feel we uh, we feel deserve it. So I plan on subscribing to TimCast so that I can support you further. Also, how's Bocus? Bocus seems to be doing really well. I think Ian's weird stem cell therapy is working. Yeah, yeah I mean, how, is, is he still getting the stem? He was he was supposed he... to not be alive right now. Yeah, it was like it was like what January when he was in December. Really... They said he might have a few weeks left. He could barely walk. He was stumbling and falling over and crapping just randomly. And we were like, wow, it was bad. He would he would fall over and then just pass out, and they were just like he we we think he's done for. We got him a hormone that would stimulate red blood cell growth, and then after uh, and they said that might help him a little while longer. He's still getting IV fluids. He's getting stem cell treatments again in a, in a couple days, 
but they ran out of the hormone for uh, stimulating red blood cell growth. <laughs> so they were like, that's it. It's the only thing keeping him going. And he seems to be okay. He's not spry. He's not running around and jumping like he used to, but he's eating. He's walking around. He's doing his thing. He's causing trouble. He seems to be, and he's gaining weight. So it seems like, you know, he's turning things around. I think the stem cells are doing it. We've been getting experimental cat stem cell therapy. <laughs> that was all, that was all Ian's idea. So that's good news. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll see. We'll see. In, back in, I think, December, they said a couple weeks based on what his blood levels were at. His kidneys that were failed, they were like, there's no coming back from this. And then mm -hmm. we got some stem cells and now he's walking around complaining. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, good news. Ogre Gaming says the Bud Light boycott is brilliant because it lets everyone who doesn't agree with the algorithmic agenda uh, a way to participate without outing themselves. They can say, I just prefer insert alternative. Absolutely. I assume there are people, too, who are afraid to buy it because they don't want to weigh in on politics, right? Like, they don't want to have to, like, bring Bud Light to a family gathering. They might be scared spark. of someone like me around the corner waiting to shame them. You know what I mean? Like, if you're just totally neutral and you're like, I don't know, I buy the one in the blue can. And then you get to a family gathering and it just, like, breaks out with everyone yelling <laughs> at each other. Like, just can't bring that anywhere. It's too controversial. Mm -hmm. Ogre Gaming. Oh, I tried that one. Uh, let's see. Jonathan Trembley says, I never get to watch live, been a member of TimCast since day one. Keep it up, Tim. We need your voice. A tip. Learn to hunt and make your own meat products. We can teach you at Meatgistics. Yes. I was uh, I was goofing off with the compound bow for a while, a year ago, and I was getting pretty good at it, but probably like probably bad in terms of how you're actually supposed to fire a compound bow. But my aim was really good. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. I'm figuring out how to do it on my own. Probably could have been better, but we have this very small, like six inch target I could hit from like a hundred yards, maybe not a hundred, maybe like 50 yards. I don't know. I'm probably exaggerating, but very far away. And I was actually surprised I was able to hit it. I was having fun with that thing. I would, I would go out in the morning and fire like a hundred arrows just at, at, at a target. Nice. It was fun. Once Ding. a new place in West Virginia gets uh, up and running, you should uh, pull out the nods and we can go shooting at night. <laughs> It'll be fun. Get the lasers out. Bring some subscribers yeah. out. No. <laughs> No, you need new liabilities and stuff like that. Don't make promises. I don't know how this works. No. And you're talking about it at night? Easy, Tiger. Don't put hey, that hey. kind of, hey, kind hey, of bad hey. news on him. He's a communications guy. He's not the legal guy. I'm here to serve right. the membership. He just thought it was. Trying would be to make fun. the members happy. DC Tweetersville says, I'm old enough to remember Jerry Seinfeld and gang went to jail because they broke the Good Samaritan law. A real law, by the way. Yeah, what was that? That if you don't render aid to somebody in need, it's a crime or something yeah. like that? Yeah, and that's a, that's actually a law in some, some places. Mm. Amazing. Omega Resetsu says Senator McCarthy was right about U.S. communists. McCarthy didn't go far enough. That's yeah, well. that's probably not true. Just communists are really bad. Slain Hope says Miller's strategy. Step one, remove classic ads from stores. Step two, grind them into compost. Step three, gift the competition a bag of worm crap. Step four, profit. <laughs> yes, there are chemicals in those magazine pages. I don't think that's going to be good beer. 
And it's made by women. It's probably not good beer. (laughs) (laughs) Women have been making beer for longer than any of us realize. Listen, if there's one thing I know women can do, it's cook. (laughs) Barfighting says, Brett, he was purple. There is a point in which you know when to let up some. Definitely not experienced. He was not purple. That's a lie. I feel like what the left says is just like they lie to each other to justify why they feel that way. And then they all just keep saying the lives over lies over and over again. I mean, you said it yourself. The the left doesn't know what the center and right thinks and the right and center know what the left thinks. They're, right. They're not interested in hearing other opinions. Yep. Bushtail says Neely was put into recovery position and was still alive when he was transported to the hospital, then died in the hospital. Y'all, it clearly wasn't the chokehold that killed him because a chokehold doesn't kill you a half an hour later. Something ain't sitting right here. Yeah, he was malnourished. Do they? And they haven't released his uh, toxicology, right? I don't know. I've only heard about cause of death being declared a homicide. I haven't heard anything about toxicology. Mm -hmm. Light Retro says, wasn't George Floyd also on drugs when he was pinned down by the officer? If Daniel Penny gets off from this, wouldn't it mean that George's death was also an accident? And would that mean that BLM riots were pointless? I mean, we know that's the case, but uh, when does when has that affected politics? Yeah, and you're a racist now, just in case you were wondering. DeBob says, VA rep Jerry Connolly's staff attacked with baseball bat today. Suspect assault police, Class 6F and charge was dropped by Fairfax CA Steve Descano. Really? What was that? Suspect, suspect, oh, I'm sorry. It's suspect assaulted police, not suspect assaulted police. Yeah, see. Language is a funny thing. Suspect assaulted police and charge was dropped by Fairfax. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read that story that a, a guy had gone into their office in Virginia and like assaulted two people with a baseball bat. Yeah. Wow. And a police officer and they dropped that charge? Unreal. That doesn't make sense. I mean, it, hmm. you have to have district attorneys that will prosecute people that commit crimes or else people are going to continue to commit crimes this is so incredibly simple that's surprising though because it's virginia and it's a democrat office it's saying he's in custody when i'm looking it up right now is it? yeah um man in custody this is from two hours ago after baseball ball attack hurts too including internet congressman uh virginia office well i hope his staff is doing okay yeah Ghostwriter says, I'm a libertarian that was knee deep in the Hollywood woke cult telling them, no, you're wrong. My credit was stolen and I was exiled from the entertainment industry. This is why they don't step up. Yeah. Parallel economy. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, are very, very quiet about their opinions in the entertainment industry. I mean, the the number of people that name, are... Name, names, name, well, the, names. The number of people that are actually vocal about it. I mean, it's like, it's me. It's Tommy. Tommy Vexed. Uh, Pete, obviously. Um... It's cool to see that Dickie Barrett's in the in Pete's new band. Yeah. Uh, Dickie from the uh, Boston's. Um, but there's not a lot of people that, you know, will speak up and say, you know, I think this is wrong. So, you know, you end up with uh, with the, an entire industry that is cowed and afraid to put their head up. And, Were you always pretty outspoken about your beliefs or did it just happen over time? Yeah, I kind of had always been a kind of a loud mouth. And mm-hmm. even back in the early early to mid aughts when all the remains was kind of getting off the ground. Um, there was, I had, because I kind of was a teenager in the nineties at the end of the glam rock era, when grunge came in, there was this thing about authenticity and nobody that 
I was in bands with or whatever, none of us wanted to look like we were putting on airs. Being a rock star was not what we wanted to do. We wanted to play music and being authentic was something that was super, super important to us. And that's something that I've kind of carried with me. I'm not the rock star rock star. I mean, I think most of the people that, that know me here. Have this met is all here. a lie. He's such a diva. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. You know, it, we have to give Phil a bowl of brown M&Ms every night. Otherwise, he doesn't show up. That's right. He freaks out. It's crazy. 16.7 ounces and Damn it, if it's 16.6, I am going to have a, a scale. problem. Yep. He's measuring each M&M. Yep. We're all like, we're sorry, did we just we just really, we tried our best. He's like, it's not good enough. <laughs> but, the, you know, authenticity has always been something that's that's been important to me. And and I don't, I don't like people that put on airs and act like they're, you know, I mean, I yell at a stick. I'm super lucky that I get to do that for work, you know? So anything else is, is, is just icing on the cake. Some people have to fight bears for a living. You know? That's <laughs> tough. No. That's a hard job. Bear fighters. Yeah. You know? In Russia. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Come know. On, Joel, be open minded. Bear fighters. Although some I, have to I, fight I, them. The I bears aren't gonna fight themselves. Wait. There are some people who do have to fight bears, but it's extremely rare that they encounter a bear and have to actually fight it. But sometimes you're out in the wilderness, maybe you're like a park ranger. They're just seeking out fights with bears. No, like you're to defend the town from the working bears. on a trail and then a bear, oh, okay. so it's a, like a a bear is thing. going to a campsite and stealing <laughs> okay. food and you've got to get it away from people because people are at someone risk of has dying to punch the yogi bear in the face or just true. You know, someone has to do i didn't realize there or, is a or, job for everything or bear mace it so bear. like if there's if uh, we, had, we had a bear out here we had a bear problem and so animal control has to come out and prepare to fight a bear granted they yeah. don't really fight fight it they come with gear nets i'm thinking poles. the revenant style you know, yeah they have a sword and a shield <laughs> have you ever seen those old school bear fighting suits yeah no. the spikes what? all over them yeah <laughs> It's it's a suit of armor covered in spikes. Yeah, so sounds that like, sounds like modern day riot gear now. Crazy. I mean, the, uh, a grizzly bear can rip a car door off by a, hitting it. A grizzly bear is so terrifying. When you watch grizzlies fight, you see videos of grizzlies fighting during like mating season. That is, imagine being in between those two. No, you 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 have. 10 seconds and then you're dead. If that, five seconds probably and lights out. The crazy thing is like, we're, we're kind of lucky in that grizzly bears are massive and crazy, but you just play dead and then they'll leave you alone. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, the, typically that's what they say with a grizzly. Like you curl up, protect your neck. Black bears are smaller, but they're vicious and fast and you got to fight. Really? If, 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 if it ever comes up, do your own research on this because I could be totally wrong. But I believe, yeah, with a black bear, you have to, you back away slowly. And if it comes at you, you have to fight. Yeah. And with a grizzly, you have to curl up in a ball and cover your neck. There were black bears around where I grew up and occasionally they'd like set up camp and people's, you know, acreage or whatever. And they always said the, they're pretty much fine. You don't want to be in the, in the way of them. You want to stay out of the way. You're supposed to be big and like yell if they, if they, if you're, if they're one's coming at you, but really the problem is uh, mothers and their cubs. If you're standing between cubs and their mom, the mom Doomed. will do anything. And it was a yep. problem if you have like small children who are like playing in their backyard and they don't realize that the cubs are in the tree. Jeez. I mean, I recently yeah. learned some of these rules watching Cocaine Bear, but I <laughs> truly I, 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 I forgot film. since. So yeah. I don't encounter bears a lot. Other what? Than, other you know, than the Chicago bears. I have lived at my house in New Hampshire. Yeah. I lived there. I've lived there since 2013. I bought the place, and I have not seen a bear on my property one time. Yeah, and I got 50 acres up there. Wow. Well, maybe they're at the back. They they, they don't want to hang out with you. They're definitely not hanging out around they me. They don't have the sure. M&Ms. Uh, be honest, I don't think I've ever seen a bear in person. Really? Are you? Yeah. Are you going to switch to uh, Pete Ricketts' staff because he's like a Cubs owner? 
<laughs> the rickets? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> what? I know the rickets. I know the. I, I he's actually, a co-owner of the Chicago Cubs. I, feel I used like to work at to Wrigley Field. Really? Yeah. After the 2016 World Series, I was uh, a brief security ambassador for uh, for Wrigley Field. So, if you ever had some tickets during that year, I was probably checking your purse for any alcohol. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> but, but the rickets were nice guys. They would walk around the stadium and they'd say hi to you know. Yeah. Well, some I mean, just telling you, if you want to go to the Senate. He's the connection. He's the co-owner. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm good uh, with the with the people of Florida. Okay, fine. <laughs> they don't uh, have the beaches. They don't have the beaches like uh. No, like Nebraska is not known for its beaches. That's so true. <laughs> I I keep seeing a lot of people talking about the uh, the Durham report. There's uh, treason is trending with like seventy seven thousand tweets. Oh. Uh, I can't wait to read this thing because it is. Do you feel like you'll learn a lot? I'm not sure. Um. I mean, it's supposed to be things that we that have come out. Um, I don't know that there's going to be anyone on the left that would be convinced what of anything. What do you think is more likely that the Durham report report has really interesting information, or that you see a bear on your property? Because I feel like it's seeing a bear on your property. I feel it's like been, this report is not going to be that. It's interesting. been a decade that I've owned that place, and I have not seen a bear on my property once. That's how much I don't <laughs> believe in this report. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm just so cynical at this point. Even when I, I was laughing with Chris Bertman in the office and I got the Fox News alert that was like, new information released in uh, regards to investigation into Trump. And it's like, you're not even telling me which investigation. You're not telling me what information. Like, you know that no one is that interested and that the information is not that hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if it was that big of a revelation, you would have led with it. If you have to bury it to get me to open your news alert, then it's not that good. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, I, I, yeah, I haven't read all 300 or so pages of the report yet. Um, but from what, from what I'm hearing on Capitol Hill, it's generally a snoozer. Really? Yeah. Well, Sh Shapiro believes that it's damning to the FBI, the Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, and everyone involved in the Russia Trump smear. I mean, but like, absolutely shocking. What does that mean? Says. Like, that they are corrupt? Didn't we already think that? I well, mean, again, watch watch the plot against the president by Amanda Milius, and that's pretty. Yeah, much I don't think that it report. tells you anything new. I think it's confirmation of rumors more than anything else. Because yeah. as of right now, we haven't uh -huh. had we haven't had a lot of actual confirmation of things. There's been rumors and there's been accusations, but there's not there hasn't been anything to solidify. It. Now, again, I don't imagine that this is going to do anything because I think the entire bureaucracy is corrupt. I think that the that the idea that this is going to come out and that there will be actual changes. I mean, the FBI has already said, well, we knew about this and this is old news. That's their official release. Um, so I don't imagine there's going to be any kind of changes or anything, but it, at the very least, it's nice to be able to be like, look, it is clear that the FBI is untrustworthy and here's the evidence. Yeah. At the very least, it becomes, you know, some kind of ammunition that can, you can use in, in, future yeah and it's good to yeah. prove these things even if yeah. we all believe it we should have the hard evidence behind yeah, it that's true i was just reading about uh, what to do with bears and the interesting <laughs> thing is it says not to use a firearm with with black bears because yeah. injured they become more desperate and aggressive and then we'll just try to kill you but it said uh the wildlife guy says fight back with anything you have if if you're being aggressively charged because black bears do bluff charges and aggressive charges and a bluff charge is trying to scare you you got to stand your ground raise your hands above your head and then talk calmly, which seems counterintuitive. But if it's aggressively charging you, like clacking its teeth or yawning, then you got to fight. If it's yawning? 
It it looks like a yawn. It's, it's okay. I thought it was like that's what, <laughs> that's what it says. Like its aggressive move is to yawn. It's yeah, crazy. to open its mouth as wide as possible and then charge at you. It's aggressively tuckered out. Yeah. And then it said to it's you to tired, always though. have bear spray because that'll make it run away, but shooting it will make it enraged and desperate. So I don't know. Don't take my advice. I I, I guess if you have like a, a 50 BMG, you're probably okay with using that against a bear charging you. But don't don't take advice from me on this stuff. Just you know, talk to somebody who knows better. I feel like you've got good advice. You googled it. That's great advice. I just feel like a fifty BMG would would cavitate the brain and body parts of it and there, rip it to shreds. There are <laughs> firearms that will take care of a bear. Um, yeah, but there was meter? one story about a grizzly in Alaska that when they finally found it, it was loaded bullets all over its yeah, body not really. because it was killing people and they were shooting it and the bullets weren't doing anything. How? Grizzly bears because they're because big bullets and thick bullets are yeah. small. I don't know. I I mean I'm hearing this advice. I just don't know if I'm gonna, you know, put my hands up and act calmly. What's then your, the black bear will probably. Kill what's your you. game? I'm gonna have fight. If you, I mean, if, if I'm hearing fight, I guess I'm just gonna have to do everything. I if can. you try I and know. fight it when it's bluffing you, you die. But it becomes superhuman or super bear when you start shooting it. If you so <laughs> here's what happens. The bear, I think we're screwed. The bear doesn't want to fight you, right? <laughs> the bear doesn't want to fight. It wants you to get away from it because it's it's scared of you. And if it feels like it have to, has to fight, it'll fight you. So if you shoot it, now it feels like it's going to die. And it's like, oh, no, it's going to kill me. I better fight back. If it's trying to scare you off, you slowly back away, speaking calmly and making yourself look big. And then it runs away. If it's aggressive because you're standing in between its kids. You're doomed. That's a you're lot trouble. to ask psychologically to come over. You're doomed. Moment. Well, I mean, if that's the case, just don't go into the bear country. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. if. <laughs> if 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 you're the kind of person where it's like here's what you have to do in encountering a bear and you're like I can't do that then stay out of bear country. It's true. Good All advice. Right. <laughs> it is good advice. Stay away from bears. Bears are dangerous. All right, let's grab some more super chats. Gordius says, "I wonder if Trump can sue the mainstream media into oblivion now that the Durham report has completely cleared him of any wrongdoing and then smashed Obama, Biden, and Clinton." I mean, now that it's basically confirmed by an official government report, yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll actually see something, but it just means that if Trump does end up getting reelected, he can then drop the hammer on all this stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, what court of law is he going to get a fair trial? And if he's like, look at this report that the government produced confirming everything I went through, like there's there's no court of law that's really going to help him. Yeah. And they embroiled so many lies onto these report where eventually they're just going to say, we're, we're just reporting on an official FBI investigation. You know, mm-hmm. we're just doing our jobs. Kevin Brady says that kid going to the ER must have had his Brandon Strzok moment. Wild. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. And that's why I think, you know, with that, with that dude being wrong, people got to be nicer to him. Because it's like, dude, if you were wrong about this, what else are you wrong about? Come hang out with people who are trying to be right. You know? It would be, it's, it's really important, like I said earlier, to give people a way out. Like, if they've been, you know, committed to that kind of woke ideology and stuff the best way to deal with it is to poke fun at at it allow them to laugh at it and laugh at themselves don't make fun of them make fun of the ideas don't beat them up because hopefully what you can do is convince these people that they're wrong and that they should abandon these terrible terrible racist ideas and you're not going to do that by being like, oh, you're this bad person, blah, blah, How many people actually started believing the woke stuff because some woke person decided to call them all the names in the book? Oh, people, none. 
So, you know, if you have friends that are that believe this kind of stuff, be kind to them and, and give them a way out where they can kind of save face and, you know, laugh a little bit and, and not feel terrible about themselves. Francisco Linares says, would you bring Gavin McInnes on to TimCast to discuss the vice bankruptcy, Proud Boys, Culture War, etc.? No, I'll bring him on the Culture War podcast to discuss all of those things, because that's a better format for a longer form specific discussion. So one of the reasons I wanted to do the Culture War podcast, which is Fridays at 1 p.m. YouTube.com slash TimCast, is that when we bring certain individuals on this show, the show turns into a debate instead of topical news and commentary, which it is. So we need a show that's just about the guest and we talk. So I would love to have Gavin McInnes on the Culture War podcast, where we would literally just talk about Vice and all that stuff. And uh, I think that'd be fantastic. We'll reach out to him. It'll be cool. The The Culture War podcast is slowly going to start trans move, moving into not necessarily a debate format, but kind of a discussion format. We want to bring on left-wing and right-wing people in some fashion, maybe libertarians, liberals, conservatives, and have more in-depth conversations on these issues. Philip Vecchio says Michael Malice can replace Vice with Malice Magazine if he wants to launch a magazine. I like the idea of sending Anna Claire to North Carolina. North Carolina. I'm going to investigate what's go, there. Go surfing. That's <laughs> right. Okay, I'm in. <clears throat> Boris says $200 million loan device never paid back. Sounds like money laundering operation. Did they get faux book deals too? No, it sounds like they said, look, we need this money and then we'll get, be profitable and look at all this investment that we have. Once we are profitable, we're a multi-billion dollar company. And then they couldn't pay back those loans because they put someone really bad at their job in charge of it. That's the crazy thing. Shane Smith steps down and puts Nancy Dubik in, in charge as CEO. And then she just burns the whole company to the ground. How can you burn something <laughs> that valuable so quickly? Yeah. Wow. Like who would hire that woman ever again? That's amazing. It's a $5.7 billion company. Think you can handle it? I got it. Six years later, gone. <laughs> Zero dollars. <laughs> Literally lit it all on fire. Maybe she'll just go into academia and start teaching business courses. Thank God. No. <laughs> I'm joking. I know. Jonathan Harris says, we would love Hannah Claire in North Carolina. We'll get her some Carolina Hurricanes gear since they used no. to be the Hartford Whalers. That is true. I'll investigate whatever happened to the Whalers and what they're doing <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to come investigate North Carolina. Just uh, let me know what there is to investigate and I'll be on my way. <laughs> Take it easy says, send Ian down to the Amazon to take ayahuasca. That'd be a great video. I know a friend that could hook him up. My buddy JT. I don't think we can send employees to South America to do drugs. But what if they just go to South America and they nope. accidentally do drugs? But what if it was an investigative the, report? Nope. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think you can do that legally. And I don't think it can be done based on... Uh, it's, it's, uh, it, would, it, would, it would be under like liability... Uh, maybe OSHA, all, all those standards. How is Vice what? able to do it? Because they're contractors. Uh. Yeah, I was going to say, what if Ian goes on vacation? He films nope. uh, films a no, his own documentary about his experience and then nope. sells it to you. Nope. Hmm. Contractors. Contractors can do whatever they want and then sell you the product. Phil, I think you're And that's up. how Vice handled all of their all of their talent. Gotcha. So, yeah, like OSHA. If, if Yeah, you can't do it. Maybe we can get Ian to wrestle a bear. Uh, yeah, nope, definitely can't do that. <laughs> I imagine Tim, you're so corporate these days. Not me. Blame the government. Blame, blame, blame government <laughs> regulations. So cool, man. Yeah. You see this fun right. skateboarding guy. Now you won't let us we'll wrestle send, bears and do and ayahuasca. We, we'll send Lauren Southern to go do it. There She's a contractor. She'll wrestle bears and uh, Ben Stewart. 
I don't know if Lauren will wrestle a bear, but she'll go investigate. Can I be bear a contractor? Boxing. I'll try the bear situation. <laughs> well, the, the, the idea is basically if you go and do the dock, we can buy it off you. We can't send you to go do the thing. I can't promise it's going to be but good. But what if like Ian took time off and made a documentary in his own no. time? You can't buy that one? Yeah, no. Now, especially now that we've talked about it. Look, I'm looking for loopholes. No, but there's, but there's, no, there's, there's, there's no loophole because judges aren't robots. Mm. Like the, the, and especially with a lot of these regulatory agencies being left, they will just interpret the law in any way possible to be like, that was a violation. So there's just, there's no loophole. It's just, you can go do it and then sell it to us. We can't tell anyone to go do anything. But the benefit there, I suppose, is like, I remember when Jackass would be like, do not perform these stunts and then send us videos. And it's kind of like, that's true. And you can still get sued. But if someone does something of their own volition and then tries to get you to buy it off them, it's like, you can't blame me for that. Mm -hmm. Scott Cooper says, what do y'all think of an amendment that gives congressmen, elected individuals, a lifetime salary, but bars them from receiving any kind of income for the rest of their lives? Agreed. I like it. You get $174,000 for life and can never receive any other money from uh, from any other corporation or whatever. There would have to be... Uh, for life or see, while you're the, the problem with any other income is that it would ban like casino gaming, which is, you can't do. But um, like it would have to... It would have to... It would have to be uh, very precise. But the idea being after you leave public office or uh, your public job after a certain amount of years... You get your salary for the rest of your life, but you can't take money from anyone else. So no lobbying. Yeah, I, I feel like I'd want to like it on principle, but I feel like in application that would not go well. Plus, don't there's a lot of ideas. There are better things than Congress, yeah. so I feel like people can still do better, bigger things. I don't, I don't know. I, I like the idea of restricting the uh, the salary while they're in office. Yeah. I definitely do agree with that, but I don't know about the rest of their life. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and become a member over at TimCast.com by clicking that Join Us button to watch the members-only uncensored show. And if you become a member at for at least six months or you sign up at the $25 per month level, then you can submit questions and actually call into the show. We do about four or five calls every night, so we'll have some callers tonight calling in and it'll be a whole lot of fun so uh, that'll be about 10 minutes up on the front page of timcast.com you don't want to miss it you can follow the show at timcast irl you can follow me personally at timcast joel do you want to shout anything out yeah thank you guys so much for having me here i know when i go back to the district i always hear from real americans that they're watching timcast so it is an honor to be on the show i want to give a huge shout out to my boss congressman matt gates and all the great work that he's doing also a huge shout out to my dad he's a big fan of yours uh back in chicago oh cool. so shout out to manny you could guys you everyone at home can follow me on twitter at real joel valdez and give a follow to my group washington dcyrs we're going to be doing some big things around town I am Phil Labonte, lead singer of All That Remains. I am Phil That Remains on Twitter, Phil That Remains official on Instagram. The band is All That Remains. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and all of the uh, places on the internet. Cool. I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should follow at TimCastNews on Twitter and Instagram. It's the best. You see work from me and all of our other journalists. If you want to follow me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B. You can follow me on Twitter at HC Brimlow. Thanks so much. Uh, you guys can follow me at Kellen PDL. Uh, usually it's Serge sitting here, but I was filling in today. Joel, great to see you again. Hopefully we can get down to Congress soon and do another show. Absolutely. We will see all of you over at TimCast.com. And I know there's probably a lot of people who are currently watching because they don't start watching immediately. 
Unfortunately, I'm just going to let all of you know this episode will be available on Rumble. So thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all at TimCast.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.